Spencer a cat. Gotta catch him all. Spencer is a cat and he's standing over there. He's kind of looking at something like he wants to attack it. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is Tiffany and Alex. And we have a awesome show planned for you today. No preamble, no nothing. Let's just let's uh, get into the core idea and let's hit the ground running. So if you listened to our last episode, you heard us talking about this one. Uh, this is our 30th episode. Woo! So we wanted to do something kind of special. We've been I've been wanting to do something on like one of the tens episodes at mm-hmm. some point. Um, we didn't do anything for our first one because I think Tiffany wasn't on it. And then we didn't do anything for our second one because our movie draft was getting in the way, if I remember yep. correctly. It was something along those lines. Um, and then You're the talking tw- about 10th and 20th, respectively? Yeah, yeah 10th okay. and 20th had, had those issues. And I think the 25th also had some sort of like, we recorded like three in a row or yeah. something like that. I think like it was that. also too close to this movie draft. Yes, that might have been it as well. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. We've been. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been. Because uh, we've been planning this episode for a while. Yes. A long time yeah. at this point. I don't We could probably go back and look when we made the yep. doc. So this episode is going to be uh, centered around our top 10 favorite movies. Now, going into this, let's, mm-hmm. let's figure out what the criteria for this is. Mm-hmm. It's These aren't the best movies per se. These aren't um, movies that are like perfectly made or are like necessarily like awards winners things Mm -hmm. of that nature these are movies that mean something core to us and have a special meaning in our hearts um in addition to maybe being good yep and all that fun stuff like they mine i know i picked they either were like a part um i first watched them during like a really formative time Mm -hmm. or there's something that i've watched a million times because i just love it so much yep so i'm basically gonna cry for this entire episode. Yeah, it's possible. Probably. So you get to listen to Tiffany weep <laughs> the entire episode and Dwight and I just like reminisce. Yeah. Like, I got a lot to say get, about all get my movies. ready for like 18 hours of this. <laughs> it might be a long one. Yeah. Um, going into this, this might end up being a two-parter, which would be a first for us, which is pretty cool because yeah. we've released the last one was just shy of two hours. Right. Um, but we this do one, a lot of two-hour long episodes. We've only had four that were over two hours. I think the that's most, a lot. The we, most recent one was four. We've probably had less than four that are under, under an hour, though. Yeah, I think. Um, so your guys is the disaster artist. Yeah, that was, was like under fifty-four minutes. And I think maybe we've had one other one. Our first one was under an hour. Yeah. I know that. I think that's yeah. it. Everything else has been more than an hour. Yeah. We're very long-winded. We are. Yeah. So well, also we don't record that frequently, so it's yeah. always like we have a lot to catch. We have up a lot on, to catch lot up to on, yeah. which is weird because we just recorded last friday and it's now tuesday right. so less than a week ago but and the episode already came out which is really good for me because yeah. i'm usually pretty slow on that turning is, those things around that is great for you but this is also a special episode yes. if we were talking doing a catch-up episode this would probably be a short one but we also have another one planned to record in less than a week as yes. well and i so, don't know what i'm gonna talk about me either well brian will be there so yes. that'll spoilers Ooh, maybe, maybe yeah. if we do it it's possible he might not be there yeah but these aren't gonna get really whatever we can figure this out <laughs> so 
Um, why don't we go ahead and get started? So the order of these that we are going to do is Alex is going to go first, and then Tiffany, and then, no, and nope. Alex, and then me, and then Tiffany. That yep. is the order. And all of these are in no particular order. Right. Um, it's not like we're going uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Right. Um, mm -hmm. they, these are just in generic order we kind of yeah. grouped them by either themes or genres from time to time right and we'll mention that when we're when we get into our like comedy block or yeah. our, our horror block, block or yeah blockbuster yeah. block yeah. yeah also beer 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 with me bear with me because i am not as uh even though these are my favorite movies i am not as knowledgeable mm. uh i don't know who directed any of most of these or actors names or anything else i just know that but that's like not why they're that's movies. not why they're your favorite though well, i know i know but like i mean something but i'm i'm like having anxiety about this episode because if you've listened to this podcast you know that i am very bad slash hate explaining things yeah so this is going to be interesting you'll be fine okay. you will be. We, we got your back okay. I have faith we can you. we can fill in all your little piddly details that aren't important okay yes and cool. you can fill us in on why it's important okay yeah. cool thanks Okay. You're welcome. So why don't we get started with Alex's? This is just like I said, no order, but number ten. Right. Um. Right. So Alex is number ten. Yeah. I, I just want to, before we start, I want to make it clear that our number ones, at least, are yes. at least for me, is my actual number one. I think it's my my number one and two that I currently have are relatively interchangeable, but yep. there's a reason why my number one is number one. Okay. For this list, at least. Okay. It's probably number one. Yeah. My number two on this is actually would probably be my number one. Yeah, but yeah. like I said, because ours, of the way yeah, it, it yeah. works out. Okay. So I, I just wanted to make that clear. Everything else is in no particular order, but my number one is my number one. Yes. Number ten. Um, okay, so, so my tuned. number so my number ten is in Bruges. Um for those of you who don't know, which would actually be the two people sitting here with me. <laughs> I've never seen in it. Bruges. Um, in Bruges, it's pronounced Bruges. Um, in Bruges is a uh, 2008 film by Michael or Martin McDonough, Mike, not Michael, Martin McDonough, who last year directed Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh. He also made Seven Psychopaths. Um, We've seen that movie, and it's very good. Yeah, and and he did a 2004 short film called Six Shooter, which is really good. Was that before um, or after in Bruges? It, before I said in Bruges was 2008. If you were paying attention, I was. And <clears throat> Um, but I was. So he actually won um, Best Short Film at the Oscars for Six Shooter. Um, he's well known for making um, dark comedies. All of his movies, I would say, are dark comedies. Mm -hmm. um, In Bruges is my favorite, though. So In Bruges, for those of you who don't know, is about two hitmen, uh, played by Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, who are told after a hit goes wrong, they're told to go hide out in Bruges. Which is in Belgium. Oh. Um, so it's just really about them hanging out in Bruges, and one of them wants to go sightseeing, and one of them wants to like go to the bars and like do mm -hmm. like stupid shit. And it's just c comedic about their interactions, but it's more than that. It's about, um, why they're there and how they're coping with what happened, what you end up eventually finding out. Uh, so it's like you don't know what happened. Right. It's almost like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Kind of like uh, what's the Reservoir Dogs where yeah. like you don't like, know what went wrong, but yep. you eventually find out. Yep. So it's really, really, 
I think the best thing about it, I mean, there's so much to like about it, but I think the best thing about it is the script. It's really, really tightly scripted. Um, and Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson give phenomenal performances. Um, they were both nominated at the Golden Globes that year. I think Colin Farrell won. Were um, they both nominated for main actor, supporting for actor? actor uh, lead actor lead. In, a com- in a comedy. Not main. Um, so they were both nominated against each other. Colin Farrell won. It won Best Screenplay at the Golden Globes. It was nominated for Best Ox- Oscar for the screenplay. Um, yeah, it's just a really good movie. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's really dark to say that, that, that it's really hilarious because it's a really dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I find it if infinitely quotable. Um, hmm. To go back to like the first time i saw it um i know i just say why do you i just told you this story but um i first saw it um i saw the trailer for it and i got really excited for it but it never came to a theater near me um i had that happen to me a lot more frequently when i was younger like now it's not a huge issue Mm -hmm. especially since i can drive myself places and, and and i can go to like boston if boston's the only place that has a movie yeah, you have a new car now so you can do that. um so um i had that issue where in bruges never came near me so i was looking for it to buy on dvd when it came out and it finally came out and i went to best buy to buy it <clears throat> and i picked it up and i immediately went home and watched it with my girlfriend and i loved it like the movie ended and i looked at her and i'm like what'd you think and she like gave me that look like yeah, it was okay. And I'm like, that movie was amazing. Like that movie was just amazing. And that was right around when I started to really get into movies. Um, because that was when I worked at the movie theater, which mm-hmm. was when I really like became a, a passionate movie goer, a cinephile, a cinephile. Yeah. Ooh. So that movie's really stuck with me as well as another movie that I will get to later. Yes, you shall. Um, you would. Uh, I've never seen the movie. Um, I've seen several sequences from it. Yeah. Like, there's this really, I would argue, I guess, famous one because it's one of the ones I've seen over and over again. About like, um, I think what did you say his name was? Not not Colin Farrell. Was Brendan it? Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson is outside of like a monument, or he's outside of like a, a, a tourist trap, and there's these really fat Americans yep. who want to walk up the stairs, and he's like, "You shouldn't do that. You're, you're you're too fat for it," and they like freak out on him. So what happens is Brendan Gleeson goes up. The, the to the mm-hmm. top of this tower yep and colin farrell's sitting outside because he's like i don't want to go sightseeing and the americans walk by and they're like oh you guys want to go to the top of the tower talking to them it, amongst themselves yep. and he goes i wouldn't do that if i were you and they're like what and he's like like i'm I'm not being funny like there's a lot of stairs and they start getting mad at him yep and then the wife like grabs the husband and like starts walking towards the monument and as brendan gleason walks out he says the same thing to them but he's <laughs> yeah. trying to be nice he's trying to be like yeah. he's like, like, oh, man, like, really. like it's really it's really hard to get up there like i wouldn't go up there and they just scream at him it's very funny that's the one sequence i've seen over and over oh, not over i've seen it several times posted on like yeah. reddit and stuff like that yeah. um you had given me the movie at one point i think on blu-ray i did and i really need to watch it now because you, you, you've sold me on it it sounds know, really I'm, good i'm sold it's, on it's it. really yeah. really excellent if you liked seven psychopaths we did it was, i did i think yeah, I, did, I don't right? remember i just remember christopher walken being in being walken in sam rockwell was yes, amazing sam, in that sam movie. rockwell's I, excellent I colin farrell's in it it's it's a very good movie i love 
I like in Bruges. I like all of his other movies better. Mm-hmm. Um, even the short film. Yep. But I still think Seven Psychopaths is great. So the ending was a little weak in Seven Psychopaths, yep. if I remember correctly. But it was still a great movie. Yeah. I I can't in Bruges. I can't say enough about in Bruges. I love it. I actually watched it one Christmas uh, with my family because we were sitting around and I was like, you guys want to watch a movie? And they're like, yeah, like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, here's all my movies. Pick whatever you want. And my brother was like, let's watch in Bruges. I've like, I've always wanted to see it. No, it's like, I've always wanted to see it. They go like, what's it about? And I'm like, like maybe not. (laughs) I gave them a similar pitch to what I just gave to you. And my mom was like, if you guys want to watch it, I guess I will. And my sister was like, yeah, let's watch it. So we watched it and my mom didn't like it. Doesn't understandably. Yeah. It didn't, didn't shock me, but I, I can see your sister, your brother and your dad liking it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad doesn't really sit around to watch movies with me, no. but well, you said he's watched Breaking Bad before. He, he watches stuff alone, uh, but he never, when we sit down to watch a movie as a family, he'll like, like bye. he'll like watch like 20 minutes and then go to smoke a cigar and then come back and watch 20 more minutes. Never sits for the whole thing. Oh, interesting. But yeah, still. So that's my number 10. Cool. Nicely done. So my number 10, uh, following the theme of um, words is... There's a theme? No, not for these first couple. (laughs) Like I said, we'll get to themes. Uh, My number 10 is a little ditty called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, have we ever talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on this podcast? I don't know what that is. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, are four fictional teenage anthropomorphic turtles named after Italian artists of the Renaissance. No way. That's the Wikipedia definition. I've never heard of them before. Timonenti. Timonenti. Everyone knows what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is. I've talked about it probably at nauseum on here. If not... In my life, I've, I've definitely talked about it a whole bunch. Yeah. But, but this movie um, was one of the first times that I remember seeing something that I had already loved in a different medium. Mm-hmm. So I grew up watching the cartoon. And it wasn't until later that I was old enough to like see the movie because the movie's a little bit darker. Um, and it wasn't as readily available to us when we were kids. The way that I saw this movie initially was my parents... Must we? I, we didn't have Showtime, I don't think, but they must have like either rented it or gotten it for like a free weekend or something mm-hmm. like that. And they taped Ninja Turtles one and Ninja Turtles two off of it back to back, like in one steady steady go. And I watched that thing to death. I would just watch them one after the other. And growing up, I liked two better than one mm-hmm. because it was a little bit more funny. It was a lot lighter, and I enjoyed. Um, just like the, the the silliness and the goofiness, and I loved Tokar and Razar and the in yeah. the, the second one. <clears throat> but growing up, looking back at them, number one is such a like fun interpretation of these characters that I love, and it is probably one of the most faithful adaptations mm-hmm. of the Turtles stuff because it's really really close to the original comics yeah. in terms of at least tone, which is weird because it's a kids movie about these like goofy anthropomorphic turtles that, that run around and beat things up. Yeah. Um, but number one was so good. And like having watched it more recently, I watched it a couple of years ago, right before the Michael Bay turtles movie came oh, out. We saw that together. We did. And it was a garbage you were fire. So upset. I was, I was pissed because <laughs> like, there's several things about the turtles that are like really important. And one of them is just like the sense of like unity and family. And this movie has like a giant theme of like mm-hmm. family. Cause you have, 
um, the Foot Clan who are talking about like Shredder is like positioning himself as like I am your father figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are all like wayward kids who are uh, have come to me, and I I will teach you to be. Uh, you will be my my kids and stuff like that. But he's like you know corrupting them and, and and training them for for evil. And then you have like that juxtaposed against the the family dynamic of the turtles with Splinter being like the head of the family and and like he teaches that kid Danny, um, who's like the really the main character you could argue because yep. he's torn between the two worlds. Um, and like he interacts with him and like he teaches him like the error of the Shredder's ways. And it's so like thematically awesome, yep. which is something that is like hollow and empty from the new movies. Cause they're just like going nuts with stupid CG turtles. Yeah. And, like, those, the, the, um, the suits are so good they're in the, so in the old good. movies. Oh, yeah. um, You're making me regret right now that I didn't put this or secret of the ooze on my list. She already looks like she's about to cry and we no. haven't even gotten to her <laughs> first movie. <laughs> No, because Ninja Turtles is, was like that was one of those movies that I watched a ton. It, it's yeah. so good. Like a I, re- I remember when we walked out of uh, the Michael Bay Turtles, yep. and we just looked at each other, and we stood in the parking lot oh, talking it about it for like forty five minutes. But the biggest thing was the originals are about family. Like yep. Ninja Turtles has always been about family, and they completely lost that. Even the first in the new series animated movie yep. is is has those yeah. themes of family yep. like heavily yeah. heavily featured like they they completely mm-hmm. forgot about that in the new bay turtles but like when you go back and watch the originals it, it's there yeah it's so good so some history on the movie it, it came out in 1990 and it was directed by this guy steve Barron, and i have no idea Never who, heard who he is or what else he's no. done um but uh, the the people who played the the turtles, uh, you know, no one knows who any of them are except I know one of them. Corey Feldman yep. voiced Donatello, yep. yeah. which is so weird and silly. Um, so when this movie came out, it was like I said, 1990. So I was three when yep. it first came out, and yep. I was I don't remember when I first saw it. It must have been like probably like 92 because I remember having seen the movie before the third one came out because <laughs> I remember seeing advertisements for the third oh, one. Wow. Um, just like I remember seeing the trailers and commercials for it on TV when yep. I was at my grandmother's house, very specifically at oh, my wow. grandmother's house. Okay. I don't know why. I remember being in the room and them being like, "What you expect in the Adams family?" <laughs> Bad movie. And the third movie is not worth it. Third movie is terrible. It's garbage. Yeah. Um, so I, I love must the have. Third movie. I think I think <laughs> it came out in '94, so I had seen it before then. So I would have been what seven at that point. So between. 90 and 94 is when I first saw it. And I, I still, it holds up. It's so good. It's it really, really good. holds up to this day. I agree. It is one of my favorite movies, and that is why it is number 10 for this list yes. on my list. It's, it's that, on your list. That is why it is on my list. I just had a thought, too, about my honorable mention that I want to add, but we'll get to that. We oh. didn't talk about honorable mentions, and so I was thinking we can maybe do that right before our break or after our break. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, well, you, you putting Ninja Turtles just made me think of a movie that I was like, why didn't I put this we on We put list? a bunch of honorable mentions on no, your you're, No, it was actually really good, but I didn't. Um, um, cool. So now it's time for is it Tiffany's, yes. Tiffany's right. first what entry. Is your so fir- I guess kind of, I'm going to segue off your thing about family. Nice. This is a good segue. Um, my 10 movie is, ooh, sorry, my nose is itchy. Oh my God. Um, is Garden State. What's Garden State? Okay. I got the Wikipedia article. So Garden State Solid. is... When did Garden State come out? 2004. It's about four, four. Anthropomorph- anthropomorphic turtles. <laughs> it's about four anthropomorphic... Um, Garden State... I'm just going to read this straight from Wikipedia. Uh, 2004 American romantic comedy drama uh, written and directed by Zach Braff. Also starring Natalie Borman. Yay. So Garden State um, is 
Zach Braff's character, Andrew Largeman, is uh, a Hollywood actor, I guess. Um, and he's coming back home for his mom's funeral. And it's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to unpack in there. But basically, he's coming back to his hometown um, in New Jersey after being away for, you know, he left after school and all that and just kind of coming back to his hometown and seeing familiar faces, including his dad, who he's kind of got a severed relationship with, friends um, that kind of never grew out of the stuff that they were involved in in high school. Um, and then meeting Natalie Portman's character and kind of coming, it's a coming of agey type thing, you know, kind of finding, I don't know, finding himself and a little bit, you know, your family isn't necessarily like your family that Mm. is blood family. So it's just kind of, I don't know, not really giving it that much, doing it that much justice. But this movie in particular, I put on my list because it's the first movie that I watched or not watch, but first movie that I really liked that was like an indie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because prior to this, and you'll see with the rest of my list, I love all those stupid early 2000s comedies and, you know, like anything with Will Ferrell in it and uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days oh, and all of movie. those like cheesy early 2000s things. And Garden State was the first movie that I watched that had a little bit more substance yeah. to it makes sense uh more of a story more character development it's the first time i'm watching a movie like that i'm like huh i kind of connect with this i guess yeah. where where you learned like movies could have a point like yeah, in, instead yeah. of just being escapism it's yeah. like this movie's clearly trying to mm-hmm. tell something it's saying and, something and you get it yeah and yep. it was the first movie i actually watched with the commentary oh wow yes i i watched it with the commentary um and I just actually recently rewatched it because I was on a, a a show at work. We're talking about movies, and I was rewatched it again in my thirties, and I'm like, "Wow, holy crap! Do I relate to this way more than when I was in my early twenties?" Because I think I think Zach Braff's supposed to be like twenty six, twenty seven in the movie, so it's like right around that same sure. Garden State. I relate. I feel like I relate a lot to it. Like just those, you know, feelings like in your mid to late twenties where you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know like if this, any of this matters and, you know, finding those people that are important to you and kind of like change your perspective on things. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. I like also too like the whole concept of coming back to your hometown mm-hmm. um, and just kind of realizing that some people don't change and most people don't change. And some people don't have any more aspirations. Some people, than that's, beyond. that's it for them. And it's kind of like, just me. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I like, I like and appreciate more indie movies because of that movie. So wow. I, I feel like it was one of the first movies. Cause I remember you, you watched it and then you like came and you were like, do what you have to watch this movie. It was one of the ones that kind of like opened up our eyes to just different genres in general. And like that specific coming mm-hmm. of age style yeah. com our movie. Yeah. What I also specifically remember is the soundtrack. Yes. Um, I remember, I don't, like, the one, I remember the Frau Frau song very vividly. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. the, the movie ends the with movie it. Ends with that, and yeah. it's just, like, I remember every individual song being, like, clearly curated specifically for this movie. Well, and I know that was all Zach The other Braff. part of this, too, is that at the time that I was watching Garden State was the time I was really into Scrubs. And that's why yep. I think I think that's part of the reason why I watched Garden State to begin with, because I loved 
Zach Braff and I love Scrubs. And uh, Zach Braff picked was, you know, very, very, very involved with the music on Scrubs. Mm -hmm. So like he won. I don't know if he, I I don't think he won a Grammy or an Oscar or something. He he was- For like best soundtrack or something? There was some, I have to look. I have my phone. Um, But he, there was um. The, the music was like there's literally like a whole Wikipedia page of the of the um, soundtrack. No, he won a Grammy in 2005, best compilation soundtrack album for a motion picture. Wow, so that's a very specific category, but that's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's still a category that exists. Hey, it must be. It's a Grammy. So. They made it just for him. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. So yeah, the music is really important. Um, I know you don't. I know you think like Natalie Portman's character is kind of silly in it. No, but it's not that. It's um, she's I, just I such such the polar opposite of Zach Braff's character. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie in a while, but um, whenever somebody uses it mm-hmm. as ammunition for something that's not good, and they're specifically citing Natalie Portman's performance, it's always out of context. That one scene where she just goes. And it's like, but in that moment, she's like, "This is, this moment is, this is the only time. This moment, I'm the only person that's ever going to do this in this moment ever in the whole world. I'm making history, and that whole concept is so cute and so innocent, but also kind of inspiring at the same time. Like, you're Mm -hmm. you, and you're the only one that's going to do what you're going to do in that moment. So it's just like, like I said, rewatching it." a couple months ago was really like like solidified it for yeah, you yeah i was like all right this is cool so hard awesome. state. it's cool so i don't num- think I, I don't know what else i have to say about it but yeah no garden i state. think you said a lot alex do you have anything to add with it no i i haven't seen garden state in a very long yeah. time mm-hmm. um i'm interested to rewatch it after what you said because i didn't i don't remember loving it mm-hmm. um in fact almost every zach braff movie i've seen the ones he directed yeah i haven't really liked um but i'd be interested to revisit garden state because i i know a lot of people that love it Mm -hmm. so i think i might have just seen it too early Mm -hmm. um you said you you saw it before you really got into movies yeah i saw i saw it because my friends liked it in high school Mm -hmm. um and i watched it with them and i there have been times where I've, where I've watched movies that because all my friends liked it, yeah. and I, I think that it was just like a mental thing where I like kind of subconsciously like actively disliked it, yep. and partially because of that, and yeah. partially because Super I was like, I don't get like the, the hype. Uh, Anchorman for me. Mm. Anchorman you hate because I quoted it the oh, whole time. I can't wait yeah. for us to do oh, movies that we hate. <laughs> I don't hate Anchorman. I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, Number nine. All right. Is it my okay, turn? So number, yeah. yeah uh, we're number nine. Number nine. Not that okay. it matters, but still. <laughs> it's easy to keep track of it like this. Yeah. It'll be easy mm. when you edit. Number nine. Um, I want us all to go through and say numbers. Okay. So for number nine. Oh, I like that. For number nine, I picked Cabin in the Woods. <clears throat> why? This movie's really good. Why? Yeah, why? I'm, right. not, I'm the only one in this room that or did what not is it? like Sorry. Cabin in the Woods. Sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't be doing that. I've done that twice now. Um, Dwight, wait till you edit all the uh, beginning stuff. <laughs> I have a special treat for you. There you go. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You'll love it. So Cabin in the Woods is a 2012 movie directed or written. Uh, sorry. Directed by Drew Gard- Goddard. Jesus. And written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. Um, it is a. I'm going to call it a meta horror comedy. Um. 
my favorite genre. <laughs> How did I do? Is that, is that a fine description? No, that, yeah, nailed it. Um, it is a horror movie about a group of kids that go to a cabin in the woods. Oh, great title. And I get it. But it's also about how um, it's kind of about how the cabin in the woods story. It's a different take on how it how it comes to be. How why do they split up for no reason? Why does the dumb jock have to be a dumb jock? It's kind of trying to explain why like horror tropes exist. Mm hmm. Um, by having like this underground uh, organization that has to sacrifice people to a god, it's that there's a big background to it, which it's is only great. like scratched it's, upon. Uh, yeah, what we're it, it only scratches the surface. I originally saw this movie when it came out in theaters, um, in 2012. Same. I saw the trailer for it and thought it was just some dumb horror movie, um, but I love horror, so I was still willing to give it a shot. I went to the theater um, like on a weekday because this was right before I graduated from college. So I went to the theater alone on a weekday. I was the only person in the theater because I went to the first showing. It was like 1030 in the morning. I saw it and like the lights came up at the end of the movie and I was like, that was phenomenal. Like I loved it. Um, I checked my phone and I had a text message from my friend Jen. And she was like, hey, what are you up to today? And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm like, nothing, just hanging out. Like, why? And she goes, do you want to go to the movies? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want to see? And she was like, I was thinking of seeing Cabin in the Woods. And I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you there in like 20 minutes. And she's like, okay. Just go outside. So I didn't tell her I already saw it. I just went outside, bought another ticket and waited for her. And then, you know, we went in. We watched literally the next showing after after. Um <laughs> And then when the lights came up, I, I turned to her and I go, what did you think? And she's like, that was great. And I was like, I know, that's the second time I've seen it. <laughs> uh, I I loved it. As somebody who loves horror, um, I always appreciate it when a movie can do the meta horror really well. Like, it doesn't feel like a gimmick. It feels mm -hmm. like a love letter. Yep. So, like, clearly Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, the two guys that wrote it, care about horror movies and wanted to do something new and original to kind of add to a genre that was kind of stagnating at that point. Yeah. Um, or not stagnating, but like had gotten into a rut in the early to mid two thousands. And this was kind of, um, one of the movies that to me like sparked something. When did this come out? 2012. 2012. Okay. You're not good at listening. Um, so yeah, it's okay. Everybody calm down. So I I absolutely loved it. Like there's so many nods to different movies. Mm -hmm. There's so many tiny little details that are like so fun to catch on like the third watch. Yep. Um like I remember the second time I watched it being so excited to look at everything that's in the basement and figure out that's who it connects say, to yeah. at the end. I it was such it's such a good movie. I every time I catch it on um, TV or like every time I'm in the mood to watch a horror movie, it's like one of the first things that pops into my head. Um, I just love it so much. Like Chris Hemsworth, so good. Yep. Um, the guy who plays the stoner. Yep. Like does like a pitch perfect stoner. His too. name is Fran 
Katz. Mm, I can't remember his name. He was on Dollhouse. Oh, cool. Um, which Joss Whedon was the creator of. Yep. So I'm sure that had some connection Something there. Something to do with it. Um, it's a great movie. Uh, Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins in the oh, control room are probably my favorite part of the movie. And Amy Eckert. And Amy Acker. Acker. Um, it's just, it's phenomenal. Everything in the control room in the third act yep. is 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 stuff of like my dreams. Yep. It was I remember watching that and just being like I knew what was going to happen and it happened and it was everything that I wanted. This movie is a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I feel like <laughs> what? I don't want to super spoil things. I'm if, laughing because I hated this movie. Yes, well, Tiffany did not enjoy I, it. She thought it was too up its own ass, I right? I feel like, like that. It was the movie it was the start of the end of my love of Joss Whedon. Mm. Let's just put it that way. I feel like I understand why people don't like this movie because this movie was specifically made for people that are obsessed with horror movies. I think that yeah, like I can I don't to- even think it's that. I think it's like Joy said it was up its own ass like it, it was when joss whedon kind of turned for me to be... i don't think it was but to... no, 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 no <laughs> but it, it's when i first started to kind of notice that joss whedon was kind of a dick mm-hmm. and then all the stuff like with with marvel and event like his avengers came out 2012 oh, avengers yeah. came oh, out just after so. yep. just after that and avengers was great and then it's just like after that it's just like everything about Joss Whedon, I was like, oh my God, he's such a big crybaby. And like, mm. I just started cooling on his entire writing style. And that was the start of it for me, which is really sad. So. That's upsetting. Yeah. I haven't watched it. So I've only watched it once. So maybe, maybe I'd have to give it another try, but mm-hmm. I, I recommend it. It's, yeah. um, if you like horror, specifically eighties horror, yeah. um, it, it really hits on all the tropes in a fun and refreshing way. Yep. And it's uh, it's really cute. I, like all the actors are really good. They, they fall into their tropes really well, which is not something you would expect from them because of the way the movie sets them up. Yep. So it's just really, really good. There's only a few missteps in the in the film. Like um, it's in the trailer, and it's really early on where the character where the characters don't know something's wrong, but the audience has a big reveal kind of spoiled for them with the bird. Oh, There's okay. a thing with a bird yep. that happens, and it's kind of like it it deflates a moment later yep. in the movie because as an audience, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, very small missteps like that, but just like, like I said, the interplay between all the characters, the stuff that goes on in the control room and like them trying to control and manipulate what's yep. going on. Spoiler alert, blah, 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 blah. It's a Gr- six-year-old movie. like True, <laughs> but it's, it yeah. Um, it's a good one to go into blind, though. Yeah. yeah as blind as you can. I feel I, like... Going in blind really helped me because I was expecting such a generic horror movie mm-hmm. and I, I was still pleased with what I got. See, I'm thinking the opposite. I wish I knew more mm. that it was kind of tongue in cheek or whatever because I yep. think I would have enjoyed it more because I went in thinking like, one thing yep. and then it was kind of that and then it was not that at all and yeah. I was kind of... Like, that makes sense. If yeah. like if it doesn't meet your expectations, especially if you're expecting yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. I was expecting something terrible. Mm-hmm. So when it ended up being something great i had a very similar experience with drag me to hell oh i ex- great i was expecting such a terrible movie it's because, sam raimi buddy well, but the, the yeah. trailer looked like 
like so bad. Yeah, the trailer they, was terrible. It the, looks like a standard horror movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I went really to the good. theater, I was like, "This is going to be terrible." And then it ended up being a horror comedy, like Sam Raimi yep. is yeah. great my, at doing. My favorite part of Drag Me to Hell. This is totally just a shot at Judd. My favorite part of Drag <laughs> Me to Hell is at the end when the woman who has learned all her lessons still gets dragged to hell, and she has a terrible, terrible ending. <laughs> I, I love it. I love when movies end badly, and um, the bad guys win. Wow. Wow. Um, I actually boop, think boop, boop. I actually think that is kind of a great way to end a movie. I mean, it's different. It it turns the norm. It's a very on pessimistic a way to look at life. Um, mm-hmm. And I as somebody it. who subscribes to that that theory <laughs> that you know, no matter how much good you do, hey, life Captain is still gonna suck. I'm I'm fine with that. Hey, Cabin in the Woods. Um, and if for anyone that listened to not last week's episode, but the week or the episode before that. This is why I'm so excited about Bad Times at the El Royale, because it's written and directed by Drew Goddard, yeah, who uh, also did Cabin in the Woods. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. So now it's Dwight's number nine. Yep, Dwight's number nine. I don't remember which one I have on number there. nine. I don't either. Oh, um, I gotta look it up. Oh, okay. Um, so what's the, what's a good segue for this? Uh, <laughs> segue from Cabin in the Woods into into Ace Ventura Two Pet Detective. <laughs> when nature Ace Ventura Pet Detective Two when, when, nature, when calls. nature calls. Okay, Ace Ventura specifically the second one. Oh my god! This movie. <laughs> give us a give us a shot by shot. Uh, I can yeah. do a shot by shot Ooh, for you. I know you can. Okay, so tell me about Jim Carrey climbing out of a rhino. Tell me about the guano. That's one of the best parts. <laughs> guano bowls collect the whole set. <laughs> you said in Bruges was a. Uh, unbelievably quotable movie yep. this movie probably has influenced some of like my little weird verbal tics oh. more than anything the other day i don't remember what you and i were doing but you said if i were you i would do this and then i immediately came back with well if you were me then i'd be you yep. and i'd use i'd use your body to do this or whatever. how many times have i heard that a million <laughs> <laughs> when i was growing up my mother hated jim carrey I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I think she saw him in like The Mask and mm-hmm. it just wasn't for her. He was kind of like the juvenile style of humor. I felt like that. I felt that way too. It's just over Jim, the top. Jim Carrey was this generation's Will Ferrell. Yes. Yes. I, I can see that. Yeah. Um. So she hated him. Like we saw, I remember watching Dumb and Dumber and she couldn't stand him, blah, blah, blah. One year for, I think it was my birthday, somebody <laughs> got me a VHS tape of Ace Ventura 2 When Nature Calls. And looking back, it had to have been my dad doing that to just piss off my mom. <laughs> I, I, I assume that's what it was. I watched this thing to death over and over again. There was a point where I would come home and I would play games on the computer in the uh, in the den and I would just have Ace Ventura on repeat mm-hmm. and just on the VHS playing in the background. This movie is like the epitome of physical comedy yep. for me. It is it, like Jim Carrey and his like weird rubber wacky face is so <laughs> good at like over the top emoting with like the slapstick humor and um like the story is is garbage and who cares and yep. it's so thin plot no one cares about it. It's just an excuse for to have Jim Carrey being like making silly silly gags yep. and running through the jungle and like falling into poop and crawling out of rhinos' butts and getting shot with uh, <laughs> with venom or uh, numbing darts. Yeah. Is this the movie where he has a tutu on? Uh, no, no, that's, that's the first a- one. Oh, okay. This the plot is completely secondary to just mm-hmm. each individual scene having yep. some ridiculous thing to happen. Yeah, 
like when he punches the guy at the the party for wearing um uh for mocking him because his wife was wearing like a, a fur coat yep. and she's like oh so like, look it's the monopoly guy yep. it's You're like, not pass go uh, the fight with the um uh the native people yeah like um, i don't the, the wachati tribe yeah, there you go or the wachudu tribe i think the wachudus are the good guys and the wachatis are the, the bad guys the, the fight is hilarious i that's one of the one scenes that stuck with me like <laughs> in my head when he gets uh he gets hit with a spear. Yep. And then he has Awuda throw him another spear. And so Awuda throws the spear at him <laughs> and it hits his other leg. And he's like, ah, ah. It's, it's in the bone. It's, it's so funny. Oh it's so good. God. It's it's like just the epitome of comedy to me, or like of stupid comedy, yep. because it's so over the top, but it's endlessly watchable and it's super like it's it's competently shot and directed too. The guy who did this also did um, Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Oh wow! Oh, I love that. I movie. know you. That's how I sold you on watching it. I remember because I, I was just looking so, up yeah. stuff about it. And I was yeah. like, oh my god, the guy who directs this one is this guy. So it's like if you know that movie, you know the tone of this one. It's okay. I I it's it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I and it still holds up to this day. Um, I can't believe they got away with some of the things they got away with. Specifically oh, yeah. the rhino birth, like which is so funny. Huh. Wow. I don't have much to say about it. It's just so good. I'm just gonna yeah. sit here and gush yeah. more. It's okay. it's really funny. I I love it. Like as somebody who grew up in a house where Jim Carrey was beloved. Nice. My my father What was that like? My father <laughs> is obsessed with Dumb and Dumber. We owned it on Laserdisc. Oh my nice. god. Oh, yeah. You guys and, were fancy. And we watched it a lot. Um, so like whenever a new Jim Carrey movie came out, we would watch it. So mm-hmm. Ace Ventura, the first one, like I remember watching it once, but I, I remember seeing the second one so many times. Well, here's the funny thing about that. I never saw the first one growing up. Yeah. I, I, I never, I did not see it until at one point Tiffany bought me a two pack with both Ace yeah, Ventura one and two. One yeah. And so we were dating. So I was in my twenties. Like it took me wow. forever. I, n- yeah, I did we not. Yeah, we were in college. I yeah, think when we were. when I bought that. I hadn't seen it until then, and I watched it. I've watched it once. It was fine, and I've watched the second one a bunch. Finkel it's, is Einhorn. I and Einhorn, Einhorn is, Finkel. is Finkel. All I know is that is is it Shannon? No, Shannon it's Doherty. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is and in it. And she's got a Cox. Like that's like a thing, right? Courtney Cox is in it, and uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all about the dolphins. Marino, like the dolphins, dolphins yeah. are stolen or something like that yeah. or lost. Um, the second one's definitely it's, better. It's the only probably, part of- see, I like the second one better. I think the first one's probably a better movie. I was movie. just gonna say that the first one has a real plot <laughs> because it it's actually actual has a movie. plot. Yeah, it's, so he's looking for the he's looking for the white bat. The first one it has was stolen an, has an actual plot that feels and like a villain more and, linear yeah, and and yeah. connected okay whereas what how we were talking about the plot secondary in the second yeah. one i think the second one's a more fun the, movie to watch the second one does have the plot set up like yep. the stuff that like because he notices things and he yep. talks about things and it all does make sense at the yep. end but it doesn't matter yeah, exactly i i would rather watch the second one okay but i i would probably say from like a filmmaking standpoint the first one's probably a better movie i guess the, the second one definitely leaned more into the absurd whereas yes. the first one probably feels more grounded yeah. in reality the only joke i remember from the first sec, sorry i remember two jokes from the first one the uh from the trailer the woo yep. do not do go not in go there, there yeah. woo and um there's a point where he's like i'm looking for ray finkel and they someone like puts a shotgun in his face yep. and a clean pair of pants <laughs> that's funny wow that's funny 
but everything in the second movie is funnier. I agree. How do I segue that into this? Collect um, the whole set. So, so who? F- wait, oh nope. Poop is brown. Poop is brown. Guano is brown. You know what else is brown? Wow. So poop is brown. Okay. Guano is brown. Do you know what else is brown? My soul. What? Football. Oh, footballs. <laughs> footballs is the answer. Footballs. Actually, oh. that was a terrible segue because uh, remember the Titans is number nine for me. And it is about, um, based on a true story in, in the 70s, I think it's in, I just looked it up, Virginia, but um, they desegregated their football team and their school. So it's about um, their team becoming, um, you know, a mix of black students and white students. And um, Denzel Washington plays the new coach that comes in and tries to bring them all together and, um, it's a Disney movie, so it's full of family-friendly, you know, teamwork, overcoming adversity, and such. Um, but it's about the whole team coming together and eventually making it to the playoffs and all that whole thing. It's a sports movie. Generic sports movie. Is it? It is. It is. Uh, I would say it's a generic sports movie. Um, like any... S- pick a sports movie. Mighty Ducks... Uh, Miracle. I was going to say Miracle. Miracle was the one I was going to say. I love Miracle. So, yeah. So, the cool thing about this is obviously it's based on a true story and blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I'm half reading. I haven't watched. Okay. So, I haven't watched this movie in about a decade, probably. Um, It came out in 2000. So, it is 18 years old. Wow. And that's blowing my mind. So, if I. So if I'm kind of like, oh, I don't remember what it's about. So that well, so to me, why do you like yeah, it? Yes. So I was going to say that to me is not the important part. Yep. Um, this movie. So I saw this with my dad and my sister when it came out in theaters and my dad likes movies too. So, and it's all, you know, the sports movies are, were always big in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of those movies that we saw and quoted to death. What was it? Quoted uh, to death. I don't know how many times I've heard your dad go, L is for love. Is that from this movie? No, no that's, that's from, from Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Oh, fuck. L for love. I thought, well, your dad said that a bunch, too. Uh, I thought it was this movie. I'm bad. That's, that's okay. from Dodgeball. That's okay. Um, no, but like, like uh, pick a, pick anything. Like, sunshine, sunshine. sunshine. Like, uh, what's the other one where there'd be like... Um, uh, there, there's like a training montage and it's like, oh, we want water. Water? Water's for uh, washing blood off of my uniforms and you ain't getting no blood on my uniforms or whatever, you know. Solid. Fourth quarter, fourth, you know, whatever. All these like things. Um, there's a big speech at Gettysburg and all of this whole, it's just, I can't even think of some of these things right now. Um, but I just remember seeing it and I remember like quoting it growing up because I was, what, 13 when this movie came out. So it's just... It it's something that we still talk about, yep. and that soundtrack. It's the soundtrack all, is great. The soundtrack is incredible. We have like um, Isn't like Spirit in the Sky, uh, a big one. Spirit in the Sky. I'm gonna look it up. Spirit, Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no mountain high. Um, Ain't no valley low. Ain't no river wide enough. Yeah, that. Uh, let me hold on. For me, it's like the Now and Then soundtrack and the Remember yeah. the Titans soundtrack were two of the big ones for me growing up. Peace Train. Uh. Na na na, hey, hey, yeah. na na, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. Long cool woman in a black dress. I want to take you higher, up around the bend, spill the wine, like express yourself. All of these songs, like it's just 
I don't, I don't even know like what else to say about it. It's just, it's on my list. It's, it just has a very, very, very special place yeah. in my heart, I guess. It's um, a really good movie. I, I it, really love it. It is. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I, I love going back and looking at it. Like I Hayden Panettiere's character oh, is so great. I'm glad, she's like a very, very I'm glad young you just said that. that she's really young in that. And she is so sassy and like, yeah, she's she just adorable. kills it in that movie. So I I wanted to to do this too because um Donald Faison's in it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling's Turk in it from Scrubs. Yeah. Um and Ryan Gosling's in it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen this movie on TV, and I think I've only seen like the last like mm-hmm. I, I I've always missed the first like twenty five minutes yeah. of it. I've only seen like the end of it a million times, so I just yeah. don't remember much about it. I remember liking it, but it, it never it's- really was one that I would actively seek out and one but if it was on I would watch it. It's good. It's yeah, it's, it's a, good. It's a good movie. This is making me really feel sad that I didn't put um a league of their own on Ooh. this list. I'm thinking of other movies but an like honorable mention. I know. Like yeah. when I'm thinking of, of sports movies, there's a lot of movies that I watched around this same time that kind of have that same emotional attachment to mm-hmm. them. So that's why this is on my list. I don't know. Anything else about it that I missed? I don't I think, think so. That's yeah, told you guys, I'm not good at explaining. I think, no, it's quite I think all right. you nailed it. I don't know if you have like a favorite scene or a yeah. part that sticks out to you. Um, or... I like, I don't remember when it is, but they have their like warm up dance that they do. Um, and I can't even think of how yeah. we are the Titans. We are the Titans. <laughs> the mighty, mighty Titans. And it's like a nice. big deal because it's that. like, I, I think it's during one of the important games and they like, I don't know, snake yeah. out the other team. And mm-hmm. so it's all about coming together. Yeah. yeah. It's all about coming together. Yeah. yeah. And it's based on a true story. So it's kind of cool. That makes everything better. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. That's why I like Child's Play so much. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. That's a great transition. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Like I said, these early ones are really rough to connect together, but we'll get there. Yeah, so Alex Brown, footballs are brown. Well, I number mean, eight. She was talking about how the soundtrack is so good for her movie, Remember the Titans. Let me talk about the soundtrack for the movie that I picked for number eight. There we go. Interstellar 5555. I always say interstellar, but it's definitely interstellar. Interstellar. No R. It ends with an A. Um, no, Nobody's going to ask me what that is. Yeah, what is it? Oh, I know what it is, so I don't need to what ask. What in oh, the okay. sweet Lord is this movie? Hey, you, gotta, think... you guys got to set me up for these things. So, you'd have to be daft to punk out about this oh, movie, right, this Alex? Oh, is a punk movie? So, oh. um, this movie is... Um, literally just an anime film of daft punk's discovery album um that's the album that has one more time and harder better faster stronger it was their second album um but the first was it the second album i think it was i want to say it was their second album after homework i think it was discovery and then human after all after that um it was their second album it was really when they became like mainstream um and basically what they did was they got this anime director, I can't remember his name, but he was kind of big in the industry at the time, um, to literally just make a movie around their album. So um, as the music videos 
before um, the, the singles started to come out, people started to realize like this, these are the same characters in each of the videos, like what's going on. And then they released, it's like a 65 minute movie. Um, that's literally the entire album with an anime film going on behind it. Um, so the general plot, general plot, you, you, you never, you didn't say the full name of the movie. Interstellar five 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 five. The fiery of the fight of the the story of the the secret star system, but all fives, but with all fives (laughs) instead of s's. Um, so the the plot is about this band who, at the very beginning of the movie, is playing a song one more time, which is their big single. Gets abducted by this uh, music tycoon, who then changes them their appearance to make them look more normal and then like makes them go platinum and and then because he needs get, the power of the then, platinum and then records. things get really weird um <laughs> this movie's amazing it I've is i've never seen it but i remember so the music video to one more time it's so good i, w- I would so i know I, I know the style you're talking about. i would gladly watch it right now <laughs> okay i love um, the music so it is so discovery is one of my favorite albums um so that helps in making this one of my favorite movies but really, um, I will never forget the first time I saw this because I was, I was, I've told you this story of the first time I saw it. I was drunk the last time I told you. Um, so the first That's time, probably why I don't remember it. The first time I saw this movie, um, I was down visiting my, my best friend at MIT. I do remember we, this. Now. We were going to see, um, Ben Folds in concert and I was down at, in his dorm room hanging out. This plays into one of your other stories you told. It does. About Bruce. It, it does. Um, and I was, um, I woke up. So I went down a Friday night. I woke up on Saturday morning and I had a text from my girlfriend and it, it was weird. So I texted her back and like, we just texted a few times and she ended up breaking up with me over a text message. And I was devastated. Oh. Like I had no idea what to do. I, I was freaking out like, um, and my, my buddy woke up and he was like, what's wrong? So we talked about it and he was like doing everything he could. He was such a nice guy doing everything he could to make me feel better. Like, um, and he knew I liked Daft Punk. So he was like, have you seen the Daft Punk movie? Cause it hadn't come out too long before. What year was this? So it was 2009. Okay. So it came out in 2003. 2003. So this, I, I hadn't seen it yet. Um, and he was like, have you seen the Daft Punk movie? And I'm like, no. So he ended up throwing it on his TV and he was like, I'm going to go get you food and water. Like I'll be back. And I'm like, okay. And he just left it on for me and I watched it. And like the moment it ended, I just restarted it. Like I, I loved it. Like it was so good. Um, like it's so ingrained in me now. I, I used to just like throw it on a monitor at my, at my work and just like kind of watch it in the background mm-hmm. while I would do work. It's just something that I love. I, I love it. The animation style is so good. The story is so weird, but that's anime for you. Yeah. Um, and the music is just phenomenal. My, my favorite part of the movie is when you realize what the evil guy's ultimate plan is yep. or, or what he is doing. And because he, what he's doing is he is collecting platinum records from all of these bands that he's signed because he's some sort of like, he's an alien, yep. but he's basically like eternal because he's been around for so long. And he shoves Mozart into a volcano. Yep. <laughs> oh my 
God. I remember you watching this oh, and yeah. telling me about that. <laughs> when we watched it, we just lost it. It is because one of my friends is similar to you. Like he loved Daft Punk, yeah. and he was like, "This was my freshman year at college," and he was like, "Have you guys seen the Daft Punk movie?" And we yeah. were like, "No, we haven't." He was like, "Well, we're watching it right now," yeah. and it was it was just brilliant. It is so good. I I have nothing negative to say about it. It is excellent. Um, I, I do like how, and like this is what I'm talking about when I say like these are our favorite movies. Yeah, I yeah. think you're gonna notice a theme if you haven't already. Like all of these have some sort of like strong connection to when we first saw them and yep. like why they are important to us. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this. I know I mentioned that on the last episode, but like I think that this is a good like get to know us deep yeah. dive yeah. into like where our mindset is just in terms of like. Oh, good. So people can listen to me stumble over my words. Yeah, people can psychoanalyze us. Yeah, yeah about from, how we're all weirdos from and far and away, and I'm still just a man child who is stuck in um like the early 90s don't worry yeah. i'm just a pretentious asshole that picked like the weirdest movies to no. be on my list but well here's the thing so segueing into my number eight uh if you're cool are you oh done? yeah i thought you were done it yeah. felt like you were done so so speaking of like you know yeah. us failing or being <laughs> being people you know what i mean like wow the, the, when my, were we talking about failing? Well, we weren't talking about <laughs> failing, but we were talking about like what were we talking about? Fuck, I, I don't my, know, I, man. I, I had a I had a segue for this I'm one. Sorry. It's okay. It wasn't your fault. Um, my number eight movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was the segue? I don't know. There things that are important to us, and are we are we talking about my failed relationship? No, but we were talking about failure, and we were talking about no, no, not that, but just like things that were important to us, and like trying. Fuck it, I don't know. <laughs> My number eight is a, is a documentary called American Movie. Oh, yeah? What's that about? American Movie is a fascinating character study of this man named Mark Borchard. Borchard. Um, he is an aspiring filmmaker who is trying to make his first feature-length film. And this movie... Like I said, it's a documentary, so it's these people following him around, and it's all about him trying to get this movie called Northwestern made. Mm -hmm. Like half, less than half, like 20 minutes into the movie, he abandons that and continues working on a short film that he had started um, 10 years ago or something like that called Coven. It's not called Coven because Coven rhymes with oven. This movie. It's just weird. It is weird. So this movie is utterly fascinating and entirely captivating it is both uplifting and depressing at the same time um it was shot in 1998 uh about like i said this guy named mark and it's so surreal to watch it and to watch it now i haven't watched it in a couple of years I really want to watch it now because now... Alex has had it for that long. Partially, no, Alex has had it for. I have wanted to watch it since I let Alex borrow yep. it, but that's just because I had had it, held it in my hand again. I was like, yep. I really want to watch this. Yeah, because um, I'm older than he is now. Yep. Than than he was in when the movie was being made, and he has like these like long diatribes about how he hasn't accomplished anything, and he has these great dreams and aspirations. There's a point where he's like watching footage from. Northwestern that he had shot 10 years ago so he would have been 20 mm. and it was like this these great unfinished films oh it's it's so depressing man yeah but it's so good it's he's such an interesting character and guy and this movie is so utterly like quotable and just like it's so fun I love it you just watched it what do yeah. you think about I, it I watched it last last night yes I watched it last night it is fascinating like yeah 
that I think that's the perfect word for it. Like the entire time I was wondering, first of all, why the hell was anyone shooting a documentary about this guy? I don't know how they found him. Like uh, that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, why would anyone shoot a documentary about this guy? Why wouldn't they? Well, yeah, and him. then once I got like halfway through, I'm like, why wouldn't anybody make a documentary about this guy? He is hilarious and depressing and yep. uplifting. And he's like a mixture of all of these weird emotions. Like watching him was cringeworthy at times, oh, but yeah. also like really uplifting. Like it was so weird. Yeah. It was, it's such a unique experience to watch like a guy who's, talking about how in debt he is because he's wanted to make like all these movies and he's put all of his life into this movie. Mm -hmm. And then he gets super excited because he got a MasterCard. MasterCard. Like you can't make this shit up. He's, he almost seems like a caricature, but he's not. It's amazing because there's sequences in the movie where he's, where he's talking about, he's doing like pre-production planning for, for Northwestern and he's talking about making the movie and he's clearly super knowledgeable and passionate mm-hmm. and like in love with this process. He's like, we're going to need a bunch of assistant directors telling people not to go over here and, and doing all this stuff. And you watch these production meetings that he's a part of go from 15 people in the room to seven people in the room to just him and one other person yep. in the room. And it's so just like soul crushing, but yeah. he, he soldiers on but throughout the movie, he's like, like I said, he's really knowledgeable. He's really passionate, but he is like his own worst enemy. And he's so self-destructive because he's always getting drunk and he's yeah. always getting in trouble. And he's always like just screwing up. And they, they go back to like these flashbacks of him as a kid with his Super 8 camera. The like, I, I love this movie. It's not spoilers. It's a documentary. Yep. The, the last thing in the movie is like it's footage from him when he was young and mm-hmm. like full of hope mm-hmm. and like going for mm-hmm. like, like he had his whole has his whole future in front of him and but you've seen where his future leads yeah. him and it's so depressing but he like he sets out to, to do a goal in this movie and he actually accomplishes it yep. and it's like it was almost like the end of like the disaster artist like it felt yep. so good <laughs> yep sorry Tiffany, i was just movie, i was right? just going to say that that it, it reminds me a lot of of the disaster artist yeah. Um, I like this movie a lot too. I um, I loved how much his brother yeah. hated him. Like his brother <laughs> hated him. Yeah. He talks about how he was convinced that one day Mark would become a murderer and like murder and murder him. He was like, I I was sure that he would grow up and murder me. Yeah. And I'm like, I can see that. I could too. So, sorry to interrupt. No, you. that's okay. <laughs> um, you've kind of covered everything, but yeah, it's it's just so it's like hauntingly sad. Mm. Like you, well, you always talk about like your favorite part. My of the movie. Fa- my favorite part of the movie is he's working at he, a. He has cemetery? a job at a cemetery, yeah. And just just a couple of weekends, and then that's what he says. Oh, this is only a job for a couple of weekends, and then six months later in the movie, he's still there. Yeah, oh, so he gosh. has a job at a cemetery, and he's doing groundskeeping, cleaning, something along those lines, and he's just he's talking about he's like so. Someone didn't shit in the toilet. They shat on the toilet and like the walls or whatever. And he's like, I'm 30 years old and I'm about to clean up another human's shit. And like that to me is like, I, I feel that in my soul sometimes. Like I'm 30 years old or 31. And then this is what I'm going to do right now. It's just, it's very relatable. 
Does, in some moments. Doesn't he bring flowers home from a grave? <laughs> yeah, they were just his, left there for, for his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. They were just left there. You and, know? She, and she's like, where'd you get these? <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs> and he's just like, well, somebody left them there. And she's like, what? Oh, my God. Did you take these from a grave? And he's like, well, nobody was using them. <laughs> they were just going to throw them away. It's about... Uncle Bill. Oh my oh, God! Bill is Bill's, like, Bill? Bill's great. Bill's great. Oh. What? You, you no, I just I just like him. Just... His, his uncle Bill, who is like his his financial backer, who yeah. he's like trying. He spends some of the movie trying to like get money out of him, mm-hmm. and he's just this like he has to be in his late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. decrepit old man. Yeah. But he's like fascinating and full of yeah. little like wisdoms that his, he's like. He drinks Sprite and peppermint peppermint schnapps. schnapps. It's got a good taste. Um, it's got a good taste. Yeah, just just watch the movie. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's yeah. really fascinating. I don't think anybody can really do it justice in words. No. Like, it is... You guys told me about it, and yeah. I was not prepared for what <laughs> yeah. I was about to watch. It's really hard. It's hard to explain. And they used to... Well, Dwight, did you talk about how they have the poster hanging I, I, I was just about to get oh, to okay. that. So, I don't so want to talk about it. the context for me seeing this movie, um, I went to film school. Uh, you did? I did. Oh. I'm sure we've talked about it a thousand times. Yeah, I went to film school. Yes, you what? did. You, you went to did? film school with me. I, I went to film school, and in our um, film school, in, in the the film wing of the of the um, school, where you would like rent your cameras and and, and get your stuff, your equipment. EQ. Outside of EQ, they had just a wall of posters, like uh, almost like movie style, with like the in the bracket, or not brackets, but in the frames. One of them was the poster for this movie it's literally the cover of the movie it's, it's mark and mike we haven't talked about mike his best friend oh mike God, is his mike partner shank. in crime mike shank <laughs> it's just this and for four years i stared at this poster like i have no idea why or or what's so special about this movie senior year i took a directing class and in the directing oh, class with, with, with gunther, gunther who r.i.p gunther was amazing away, yeah. um he was a fascinating teacher, really, really good, really knowledgeable. He had retired, and he uh, had come back to teach some just more classes, like mm-hmm. on his own terms, basically. And um, so I, I felt very lucky because he had gone away uh, the year before, but he'd come back and so yes, I gotta take you directing class with Gunther. And he shows us this movie, and this is where I first saw it. And like the context that he had for this was he was just talking about like passion for film, and that's mm-hmm. really why you should, why people love it because Mark is clearly super passionate. He's like, this is a guy that I would one hundred percent want on my crew, mm-hmm. but I would never want to give him any major responsibilities because because <laughs> he is someone who is like super in tune and super like um, excited and wants to do stuff. But it's just like a total fuck up and, yep. and can't handle anything. He railroads himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like I was in a moment in my life where I was in film school and this is like I was watching somebody actively fail at doing something that was what I wanted to do. Yep. And so it was just a really eye-opening and fascinating and amazing experience. And here I am 10 years later. <laughs> Over that, yeah, ten years later, I saw this movie when I was a senior, so I've been twenty-one, maybe. Um, ten years later, I'm not in the film industry. You're not? No, eh, I, I I do stuff with film. I edit on that well video. I edit and stuff like that. But it's just something that like I can still watch and it can still fill me with inspiration mm-hmm. and it, and it makes me want to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie is, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it. Favorite documentary. So good. Thank you all for listening to me. 
babble about this. I know. I love this. It's like a very good episode. It's cathartic. It's really nice. Like I've never really talked about some of these things um, and why I love them. That's why it's my favorite movie. When are we going to make a biopic about the the no refunds. no refunds? Yeah, no refunds biopic. We have a biopic. You'll it's all it. of our episodes. No, you'll direct it. It's okay. going to be yeah. a movie. Yeah. Starring um, Seth Rogen as you. <gasps> okay. Um, Who's going to be me? Mm, uh, she hasn't been. Uh, we don't know her yet because she's too young. I don't know. <laughs> she's like sixteen right now. I'm In not like sure. Three yet. years when we make the movie, she'll be eighteen okay. and good. I'll I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't okay. know. I don't know a lot of actresses. Dakota Fanning and uh, Jonah Hill is gonna play me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like young Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't you know that we kind of look similar? <laughs> I think people have told us that before. <laughs> Okay, so that's my. Okay. Yeah. So how do I? Segue, that one took a lot out of me. How do I segue into this? Um, you know, uh, we wait, all have sisters. Wait. Sisters. Wait, no, no. I want to segue off of Dwight. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, my favorite documentary is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My next movie is uh, White Christmas. Don't judge me. Nobody's judging. No, no judgment. My no. Christmas is awesome. Okay. So I always feel weird talking about like a favorite movie when it's something that I've only recently watched, I guess. Um, so I first saw White Christmas. It was before we, we were moved. in the other house. Yeah. So before we moved. What year did you guys do Odd Couple? 2014. Yeah. <sighs> no, you did a show around Christmas time one year. Well, it was. November of 2014 that we did um, Odd Couple. Yeah. So that wasn't. I think it was. I think it was around that same time. So it's it's been less than five years since I've seen White Christmas. But I was home. I was by myself. It was around Christmassy time, and I was home alone for some reason. And I'm like, all right, you know what? It's on Netflix. I'm gonna give it a watch. Nice. Because people talk about it. You know the song. I whatever. So I put it on on a whim, and it was goddamn mesmerizing um i have a crush on bing crosby a little bit doesn't everyone uh no (laughs) rosemary clooney like holy shit so the whole thing with white christmas is it starts during world war ii and and um danny k and bing crosby play guys in the same unit and whatever in the army um wherever they are and they become business partners and they start a show and they, they, I don't even remember how. Cause Danny K saves his life. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm just trying to think of how they, they're like looking for new acts and they meet the sisters, but it, it, it beca- I don't remember the, uh, they, they find the sisters. The sisters say they're going up there. They've booked up a Vermont. thing in, in Vermont. And so they are they f- infatuated with the girls and they follow, they follow them up. And then, oh, oh, that's right, because they go up to this place in Vermont, and their um, their general is the guy running the lodge up there. Whoa. And they 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 learn crazy. that it's like it hasn't snowed this year yet, because that's the whole thing. It's like snow, snow, and they're like excited to go up and see the snow, which was very weird back then. <laughs> Not nowadays in in this global warming climate. Yeah. It's like a thousand degrees outside. Yeah. Outside. So so there's no snow. The the lodge is like failing and and they they come up with this they're trying to come up with this big ploy 
to bring, you know, all the guys back from the unit and do like a big show for um, the general. So it's like a whole thing. Like a lot of those movies, this is 54. Nailed it. Um, they're like plays. So they're, it's not like a movie. It's not shot like a movie. It's shot. Everything's on like a set. It's like a play. So they're very long and drawn out. Um like the camera's like always in like one angle, like it never goes yeah, to the yeah. other and, side of you know, the actors. You have all your musical numbers and stuff, so it's a very long, drawn out thing. And and but it's just I don't I don't know what it is. It's so mesmerizing between Bing Crosby singing, who is just amazing, um, and Rosemary Clooney singing, which is amazing. And then you have Vera, Vera Ellen, Vera Ellen, that sounds right. Um, who's who's this insane dancer and just like some of these dance moves and, and Danny Kaye is just Danny Kaye. He's just kind of like the lovable goof, <laughs> but you have these just, it's just, they're just so likable and it's, it's like a, it's a Christmas move. I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. It's just so fun. It's fun. The music is fun. It's visually fun. Um, I think it was, I'm just trying to think it was one of the first movies that was shown in something um, because it's the colors are super vibrant. The costumes, like I don't remember what um, there's something they did with like the film print and stuff that they, oh, cool. they, they forget what they, but I don't know. Any other thoughts on, on white Christmas? I know your dad loves white Christmas. Well, I think anybody's, everybody's parents love white Christmas. White Christmas is one of those movies that growing up, I never watched. Like, it, yeah. It's too boring for kids. Like it's, yes, it's, it is. If you were a, a mm-hmm. child of our age, 80s and beyond, yep. Yep. there's nothing exciting that happens. No. There's nothing mm-hmm. like, it is colorful, but there's like, it's all adults talking in adult situations. There's no stakes like um, for little kids. Mm-hmm. My dad loved this movie growing up. He would always sing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Mm-hmm. He loves Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we watched it, it was like you watched it I by watched yourself. It. And I came home and you're like, we are watching White Christmas. <laughs> it was it was, it was was phenomenal. And then you made me watch it and I also instantly fell in love with it. Like yeah. everything about it is just so magical. It and like in like telling of that time period, yeah. they, they don't. It's going to sound so cliche, but they don't make movies like that anymore. Like Tiffany was saying, they shot it like a play because this was like cinema was still relatively new Mm -hmm. or at least like the techniques for it were all basically standard and they shot them like they were plays still. Mm -hmm. And it was there's sequences where it it helps that they are a part of a traveling troupe or something like that or like a a production company because there's sequences where the movie just full on stops and has a generic, a not, not a generic, but just a yeah, dance number, a yeah. musical number that has nothing, no bearing on the plot. It's just a song for song's sake. There's mm-hmm. an entire sequence when they're, and you don't realize it at first, but there, it's the whole thing with like all the actors like up on the, um, the big staircase and stuff. Yep. And, and yep. Vera like falls down at Mandy is minister. Mandy. And it's, and then like the end and you find out it's just, them rehearsing yeah like it's, it's, it's so like that that joke that like, reveal because they're doing this giant musical number, number extravagant it, it's a showstopper end of yeah. the show in any other like broadway musical mm-hmm. uh, cut to three people in the audience just clapping for them politely and that's yeah, all that's when watching this giant so... thing it's so good so <laughs> funny it's 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 legitimately funny which is weird to think about like types of comedy has changed and evolved so much yeah. but the jokes yeah. hold up the characters hold up 
Um, you legitimately feel for the general because he, he's he's getting older and yep. he like wants to go back to the war and or back into the army and there's like he this wants, whole thing and with they that. They tell him he's too old. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, they it's, write him a letter. There's and... a really big emotional core that runs through, and this is still and back the end in... of the movie. I mean, spoilers. It came out in 1954. So, but like at the end when everybody shows up to this big performance mm-hmm. and you have the entire like whoever they could find from their unit and everybody's there in uniform and it's just like. It like makes you it's awesome. like it's emotional. It's really sweet and it's I love it's it. really good. I it's really it. good. And it has like some really early tropes of like mm-hmm. the miscommunication yep. and that yep. causes like a falling out and but oh, like yeah. it's, it's it's so some of it's cliched but it's so old it gets a, it gets an automatic pass. I don't even it's, think it could be considered cliche because it probably invented the cliche. <laughs> I wouldn't be like surprised. you know what I mean? Yep. That's a movie that I don't care if it's Christmas I could watch that movie right now. Yep. It's a really good one. So. Do you have anything have you to say seen about it, Alex? I saw it once a few years ago around Christmas because my sister really likes it. It's a good movie. I don't remember it. Yeah, I love it. I don't remember disliking it. I love it. I it, really, I want to watch it right now. It, it's it's a fascinating movie. Like I said, from a just like a technical standpoint of mm-hmm. like these are performers who are. Mm-hmm doing amazing dance routines and they are not faking it. Yep. This is legitimately mm-hmm. them. It, mm-hmm. it was, it's really weird. Like I've seen other clips of other movies from this time. And they, that's just how movies that's were made yeah. back then where they would just like stop and have a musical number. There was this one movie with like these three contortionists and like they only got them for this one movie oh and God. they just did like a contortion routine in the middle of a movie for no reason. Seems reasonable. It, yeah. It's in, they were in like a barn mm-hmm. or something like that. It makes no sense. So, but, but this also, movie, it, it, it makes sense because they're... A sorry. Yep. But also you have people like Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye who were like everybody in that time, singer, dancer, performer, comedian, like mm-hmm. they did everything. Triple threats. And you have people now who like want to be that or claim to be that. And it's just not the same. Like just because you're an actor and you can kind of sing doesn't mean you're a singer or a dancer like it's just these these people these people from you know the 50s the 40s like they were truly talented and they could do all of those things they don't make musicals like this anymore like they don't like la la land was kind of like that was a throwback referencing that kind of stuff but they don't make i think just people aren't (laughs) as talented i don't know i i will only listen to christmas i will only listen shade I will only listen to Christmas music from like 1960 and earlier. Like I love this time period. I love the music of this time period. So like this to me is like the pinnacle of when know. women were seen and not heard. Right. Well, other than that, but this this is wow. like the pinnacle of <laughs> joke. No, it's fine. You can say it. Whatever. I know that's like a thing. I do not condone <laughs> his views. I don't condone my views either. But like to me, this is like the pinnacle of like talent. Like people who were truly talented there was no auto-tune there was no people were talented and they worked for it yeah because it was so much harder to make it big back then Mm -hmm. like you actually had to be good yes um like i've talked i've talked so many times to people about how like it's so easy to make a movie nowadays Mm -hmm. it's so easy to make an album and get it like released nowadays you can make a podcast we're literally recording a podcast that goes on itunes right right now we're so oversaturated that it yeah. It no longer means you're talented if you do it. But that's also it all, that also makes it a little bit harder to get noticed. Yep. It, it's hard to make it for mm-hmm. a different reason now, yep. but yeah. I, I know what you're saying. But, but yeah, that's you're, how I you're feel right. about it. You're so. right. Number seven. So we're on to number seven. 
going off of White Christmas, Ooh. where White Christmas is about a play. This is where we get into these actually start yeah, to make sense. Yeah, where they actually connect. My uh, number seven movie seven. is a play. It is actually... So, it is based off of a play by Neil Simon. And this is a movie about a play. So, it's about um, actors putting on a play. So, the movie's called Noises Off. Um, it came out in the early 90s. I want to say 1992, but I could be wrong. Nice. <laughs> um, and it is a farce about um, actors trying to put on a play. And it's told in three different acts. Um, act one is basically a setup. It's their dress rehearsal. So you get to watch how the play is supposed to go. Um, so you get to watch the dress rehearsal. You get to see a few like mess ups, but the director's there to be like, oh, hey, you were supposed to walk out with the sardines. You were supposed to hang up the phone or things like that. Could you at least do it in Michael Caine's no, voice? No, I'm not going to. You're supposed to bring out the sardines. <laughs> um, so that's what act one is. Um, then you go into act two, which is once they're on tour and you get to see backstage. So this, you're no longer watching what's going on on stage. You're watching what's going on backstage and it's completely silent. No, no dialogue. It's just really there. There's I've never a seen a couple this. whispered lines, but it's mostly dialogueless because they're supposed to be backstage yep, where you're supposed to be quiet. And huh. every time somebody goes off, off, Onto stage, which yep. would be off stage for this. That's when they start saying their lines of dialogue because they're doing the show out there. That's really cool. So oh, I love it. you get to see just like Billy the, directed this a couple yes, years ago. You get to see chaos going on backstage. And then the third act is you get to see later in the tour on stage, how bad things have gotten. <laughs> um, and it Amazing. is, it is hilarious. I, the the cast is phenomenal. It's Michael Caine, John Ritter, Christopher Reeves, Carol Burnett. Um, oh my god! This I feel is, like wow. I'm forgetting some other big names, but it is a phenomenal cast. It is such a funny play. Like the script is just so funny. It's so rapid fire. There are so many great jokes in it. Um, as somebody who's done theater. I really appreciate, especially the second act and just how hilarious everything is that's going on. Um, Nicolette Sheridan is in it. I Nicolette Sheridan, Mary Lou Henner, uh, Julie Haggerty, and Mark Lynn Baker are yeah. the ones you forgot. Uh, Nicolette Sheridan was the one I was trying to think and of. And Denholm Elliott, um, who died that same year. Yes. He, plays the, old, he plays the old guy. Um, Selsden. Um, so... I remember, I will never forget, the first time I saw this um, was at the cast party for Sweeney Todd. Um, I was in Sweeney Todd my junior year of high school, and I wanted to have a cast party after our last show um, and have a bunch of people over to my house to just hang out, and we were going to have a, like a sleepover. What and, you did. And there was like a big deal where... Girls' parents didn't want them staying over if there were going to be guys there. Ooh. So we we did that. So Don't you we remember? We totally did that. We were dating, but oh. we couldn't sleep on the same floor. They wouldn't let us so, sleep in the same room. I remember. Yeah. That. So what happened was we got to an agreement where we would sleep on different floors. So all the guys 
slept in my room and all the girls slept in the living room. But before that, we were allowed to hang out. Like yep. My mom had to personally call everyone and say, like, I'll be chaperoning. I'll Here's make sure. Happening. I'll make sure. So everybody got agreed to it. And um, one of the guys, Sean Breen, um, he brought noises off. And he was like, have you guys seen this? And a few of us ha- or a few of them had. But most of us hadn't. And he was like, you guys are going to love That's this. That's perfect for So he put actors, it on. Yeah. We're hanging out. And everyone's just kind of like chit-chatting while we're kind of watching it. And I'm just like, the moment the movie started, I was just locked in. <laughs> I was, I could not take my eyes off the screen. It is so funny. Like, so many of the jokes are dependent on you having seen the rest of the movie beforehand. Like, they're pretty much everything's a callback. Because that's awesome. it relies on you knowing the show that they're doing. So that's why like seeing the dress rehearsal at the beginning is so important. It's so well put together. It's hilarious. It's amazing. I have never shown this to somebody and had them be like, that was terrible. Like at, at least they'll be like, that was funny. Like, um, I see why you like this. It's, it's great. I, Cannot say how much I love the movie. And it reminds me of another one of my favorite movies just because of the farce aspect and the, the quick-wittedness of it mm-hmm. that we will talk about later. Now, when you say farce, this has like one of those like sequences, if I'm not mistaken, with like the door slamming and people like yep. running back and forth and like coming out of rooms yeah. and like traditional Scooby-Doo style yeah. farciness. So, so like you, you have one person go in a door while somebody else comes out another door and they're like, did you hear something like, yeah, yeah. That's sort of like, I've never I seen it, but it looks fun. Just missed them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, it's all in the timing. Like, just like they always say, comedy is all in the timing. And like, that's what this movie's all about. It's excellent. I, I love it today. Nice. Would you, uh, is it like one of your, since you do act, you're like yes. the best actor among us. You're like an act. You're an auteur. <laughs> actor. I'm an actor. Yes. Uh, Have you ever thought about trying out for the show? Yes. Like when it came up? Um, you should. I was originally going to try out for it when our friend Billy directed it, yeah. but it was just a little too far away from me. That was my reasoning as um, well. But if a place nearby did it, I would definitely audition for it. It's such a great show. I would love to do it. Yeah, I would love to as well. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Definitely a dream show for we me. We should put it on. I would just love, the three of us. I would do it <gasps> with you in a heartbeat. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa. The I show. know what you mean. Oh my God. No, that would be fun. I hate, I, I hate both of you. We would have good chemistry up there. We would. We were in a show together. We were. The Schmod couple. <laughs> um. So, yes, that's my number seven. That just sounds fascinating. It, it, is, it just sounds so fun. It is so cool. Um, it's like, I, I want to see this now. You definitely need to. We just need to watch all the movies that we've talked. Yeah. We really do. All these make me want to watch all these movies. Yeah, it's so interesting doing this because, like, now I want to watch all the movies that you've talked about. And, like, we should just get together one day and watch 29 movies. We've, (laughs) whoa, spoilers. (laughs) We we kind of did with the the horror movies. We watched six in one day. (laughs) That was nuts. Six is a lot. It's a lot. But when when we're talking about, like, real movies, because horror movies are usually really short. 88 minutes. Yeah, we're talking about, like, real movies that are going to be, like, two hours. I think Chopping Mall was 15 minutes long. One of my movies is, like, almost three hours. Um, One of my movies One of Alex's movies is nine hours long. 12 hours, because I'm talking about extended, man spoilers so speaking of comedies we're gonna stick we're now in the 
Um, no refunds comedy block. Yes. No refunds comedy I block. I should have said that when I started mine. We're in the comedy no block. No refunds yeah. comedy block party. So the my first movie in the comedy block is a little ditty by the name of Wet Hot American Summer. Good choice. Very good choice. Speaking of farces, this movie... And farts. It's, in farts, in farts. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we'll get to the farts about this movie. Um, this movie is one of those like nonsensical comedies where... Nothing is really grounded in reality. There's like in crazy, crazy like non sequitur jokes that happen. There's jokes about that um, make no sense within mm-hmm. the realm of reality. Like there's this one scene where this character is running, and all of a sudden he's just got a giant afro for no reason, and that's the joke. And like it's only in like two shots, and then it's never mentioned or even talked about. Um, this is a movie um, from the creative minds of michael showalter and david wayne and michael ian black but i don't think he wrote it but they're they were a comedy group called stella um this movie has everyone Everyone. who is a modern comedy star in it it's got amy poehler paul rudd janine garofalo david hyde pierce um h john benjamin h john benjamin as a can of fucking vegetables it's awesome. Who else is in this movie? Molly Shannon. Um, who is that guy? Bradley from... Cooper. Bradley Cooper's in this movie. Who is that guy from 30 Rock with the trucker hat? He's in it. Um, let me look this up because there's so many people in this oh, movie. It's nuts. Um, oh, I can't. I don't know his name. He's, he's barely in it. That was a stupid poll. Um, Paul Rudd. Uh, Christopher Maloney's in it. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks is in it. Ken Marino is in it. Michael Ian Black. Zach Orth, A.D. Miles. Um, this movie is great. So the the concept of this movie is it's the last day of summer camp, and this whole movie takes place over the period of this one day. And um, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have... <laughs> it's so funny because it's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Um, but I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's about... Let me, let me, let me read about it. I'm glad it's not, you're making me feel better. It's not just me. Like, no, it's really hard to talk. This is a, this is a weird one. It's one of those movies that like, it's a really, really big cult movie. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, 1981 camp firewood summer camp in Maine. And it's the last day of camp. Counselors have one last chance to have a romantic encounter with another person at Camp Firewood. So it's all about like these characters and their relationships just throughout the day. But there's like these little like throwaway gags that Mm. either make no sense or, um, build up to some giant payoff the ending is about a satellite crashing down on the camp and that's what's going to blow everyone up and yep. it's it's weird and funny and it makes no sense and it's another movie that i saw my freshman year of college this is the first movie that me and my new group of friends watched together mm-hmm. we had like all met each other over um orientation weekend and um one of them her name was Justine. I was like, have you guys seen White Hot American Summer? And we were all like, no, we're here at film school. Show us funny, weird yep. movies. And like, I watched this movie and I immediately wanted to watch it again yep. and again and again. I've watched it a bunch of times. It's super hysterical and just weird and fun. And on the DVD, there's a, uh, you know how most DVDs have like commentary tracks? Mm-hmm. This one has a fart track. Oh. <laughs> Where just like after someone will say something, you'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so 
good. It's so funny. It's wow. it's, it's so good. It's that type of movie and like it's lampooning like the 80s and like one of the big jokes about it is these are these people who were all like in their 20s, they were 25, 26 mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be playing 16-year-olds. Yep. And the best part about that yes, joke I was going to say please don't is at the very end yeah. of the movie they talk about um how in 10 years they need to, to come back and meet each other or come back and like have a reunion. Mm-hmm. So like 10 years later literally they made sequels to this mo- to this movie in terms in the form of um Netflix TV shows. Mm-hmm. The first one was called First Day of Camp. So it's, yeah. so it's the same people 10 years later playing younger character <laughs> versions of these characters. Michael Showalter, I I love the man, he's great. He put on like 40 pounds. Yeah. Like he looks completely different. He looks like he looks ancient. Yep. It's so funny. And then they made another Netflix series called 10 Years Later, which is about that end sequence mm-hmm. in the movie. It's so good and I'm so happy that this this world is still or was still getting installments yeah, they into got it got almost everyone to come back the only person they I didn't get to bradley come back cooper. for the for the last one was bradley cooper because he had a conflict but he wanted to come back yeah, yeah. He, he, his character wore a mask the whole time right that was in the first one oh, okay. and in the first one at the he he's in it for like the first like six episodes yeah. and then he's needs to be in the last stuff so he puts on a paper bag and he says something like I just feel like wearing this now, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and in the second movie, he has um, the show. Sorry, in the second in the second show, he has a nose job, mm-hmm. and he's um, now played by um, Ben Wyatt. Adam Scott. <laughs> Adam yeah. Scott plays him, and he's just like, I hope I don't know people are going to think about me with with my nose. It's so good. It's I mean, so I, good. I haven't watched the second show yet, but I watched the first show, it's and really I liked good. it. Yeah, I liked the second one better than the first one. Hmm. This movie, it just brings joy to my heart. And it's one of those, like, just fun, irreverent comedies that I like showing people. Mm-hmm. And that's Wet Hot American Summer. All right. Uh, continuing the comedy block, let's go back to uh, 2004. This is your second 2004 movie. I know. Garden State was the first one. <laughs> um, let's talk about Mean Girls. So, Mean Girls, the. Uh, Tina Fey, Lindsay Lohan vehicle um, before Lindsay Lohan got all weird. It's everybody knows Mean Girls. So it's <laughs> it's literally about cliques in high school. It's based on a book, right? It's based on a book. Something about Queen Bees, bees and yeah. Wannabes. Keen, yeah. um, so I think that's all you need to know. It's about cliques in high school. Done. Um, but wait, what makes this movie so good? I'm getting there. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was. I was trying to set you up for <laughs> yeah, it. I know. No, no. I'm just. I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm gathering my thoughts. Um. Just doing a little. But this movie was. I don't even remember. I probably saw it in the theaters. Maybe. Um. But in high school, there was a group of. I had a group of friends. There was five or six of us, and we had to have seen this movie together. But we every time we would hang out, we would watch this movie. This is my endlessly quotable hmm. movie of high school. And and I think, I mean, the movie itself is really good. It's really funny. Um, and obviously, like, it came out when I was still in high school. So it's very relatable. You know, all the characters are the same age and, you know, clicks and all that, you know, bullshit of high school. But it just defined that entire like junior senior year of high school that entire like 
period of time, which seems so short now, but like back then it just like was forever. Like, you know, you'd be in the hallways and you'd be like, she doesn't even go here. And, you know, just, um, like, I can't even think like, it's, it's so hard to think of the quotes off the top of my head of like, I know to stop trying to make something the, happen. Yeah, the other fetch. The other one we would quote like it was all the stupid lines like, "But you love Lady Smith, Black Mambazo." Yeah. Like all like the weird, the weird, <laughs> right? I, just, I remember uh. hanging out with your friends and like yeah. hearing you guys say these things and be like, "What language are they speaking?" Because <laughs> I, I, I'd never seen it, and yeah. I still I've only seen the movie once. Well, for you, my, you go, Glen Coco. <laughs> my sure. <laughs> my favorite was always, um, "It's not my fault. I have a wide tip vagina and a heavy flow." <laughs> What I find, I, I find an insane number of situations to say that. In. <laughs> I've um, never heard you say that. Uh, what else? Well, you it don't hang like, out with me at the right like, times. I think it was. I think Regina George punched me in the face once. It was awesome. Or I, th- I don't know if it was her or or the other. But but this movie just like was the movie, and I wa- I've I've seen it a dozen times, probably more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even really know what else to say about it it's just it's it's just very when i think of like movies there's there there's not a list of my favorite movies that wouldn't have this on there it's interesting because this movie seems like it's such a sign of the times it was made in oh but yes also but also like very ahead of its time yep. mm-hmm. um specifically because it was written by tina fey who is yep. like a very yep. unique voice and a very distinct voice in this and she was still in the she was in the movie yes, as well she right? played the teacher yeah so like it's just like a very unique perspective that I feel like not many people had because mm-hmm. it was a movie about girls written by a female, mm-hmm. which... Well, she didn't write the book. She wrote the screen. She, she wrote, wrote the, the screenplay, movie. but still, I'm sure it was based on... I'm sure the, the author of the book was yeah. a female yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yep, so yep, like, yep. That's just something that like in Hollywood at that time, mm-hmm. it was all like dick comedy and like uh, American yeah, pie comedy and, and something like this, yep. where, which is also a high school comedy, but from the female perspective mm-hmm. is a really like, I can see how that would specifically speak to you over yeah. an American pie or any of those the other, other thing, types of movies. The other thing too, is like a lot of those teen comedies, like at that time, I think, and I think now even there's a, there's an issue with it not being realistic or true to what high school is actually like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, you know, plastic looking girls and everybody's having sex and yep. everybody's, you know, go and not that that stuff doesn't happen, yeah. but this I think was a more accurate portrayal of just that meanness yeah. that, that people have in high school. And it just seems so stupid and, and pointless like as an adult but like it's like oh my god you know everybody had that moment because there's there's even that like scene where they're all in the gym after there's like a huge blowout with the burn book you know everybody's writing they're writing awful things about everybody and it's like you know tina fey's like okay who who has ever felt like you know who has felt or, or personally somebody's, wrong by per, regina well, George. personally wrong by regina george but who's like said something oh. about somebody else oh, or yeah. who's, you know, had something said about them kind of thing. And it's like, everybody has experienced yeah. it. So it's just so, it's so relatable. Yeah. And it's silly and it's funny. Oh, the other thing that was great was like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, I'm just thinking of like re- replaying this movie, like the end, the talent show, um, Kevin G. <laughs> we used to do the rap. Do you remember Kevin G? Yeah. No, I don't. He's the, um, He's the, the captain of the math, the math team. Yeah. The, the math athletes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've seen the movie once. It's such a good movie. I believe you. Um, or um, 
uh, her friend there, uh, Damien, I think he sings uh, Christina Aguilera. He's at the too gay to show. function. He's too gay to function. Oh, so he's the gay one, right? I yeah. remember yeah. him being very yeah. too gay to function. And Lizzie Kaplan's in it. She's great. Really? Oh, yeah. I love Lizzie Kaplan. She plays um, Damien's best friend. Yeah, yeah she's. Um, Why can I not oh, remember I her, name? her name? She's like the emo yeah. girl. I can't yeah. remember her, her name. Because I got a big fat lesbian crush on you. Yeah. Suck well, on that. Tim Meadows is in it. Tim Meadows well. is in it. He's the principal. He's great. Um, for me, my favorite thing about it is um, I love Mean Girls because it is, for my generation, what Clueless was for my sister's generation. Because mm, I remember I my sister watching Clueless all the time. Because my sister's six years older than me. So there's kind of a generational gap not quite yeah enough of one yeah yeah you weren't in high school at the same right. time so you didn't encounter the same so, trends and stuff like that. i remember her like watching clueless all the time and i remember when mean girls came out every girl i knew wanted to watch it all the time and i'm just like okay now i understand like there's what was going this, on. this is another movie for another generation it's another high school movie for like and I, for some reason in my head, I always equate them. Like, I'm just like, no, I could watch both of those movies back to back and just be very happy with myself. The, the interesting thing also is like, this was probably the last movie that Lindsay Lohan did before she completely yeah, imploded in on herself. I think so. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, at least like her last, like, successfully big one. Because what yeah. was after this? Maybe Herbie Fully Loaded. Yeah, she, oh, that was man. a great one. Freaky Friday. That was way Freaky before. Friday no, was I know, before. but I'm just saying she yeah. like Parent Trap a... was before. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying like this was like one of her last movies before like she, she just went off imploded like a dying star. When was her awesome Disney Channel original movie? Get a clue. I've never I don't know. I think oh, that man. might have been before. After Parent Trap before Mean Girls? Way before Mean Girls. It's just interesting because I think you're right. There is like a, a generational movie like this for everyone. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, what was that Emma Stone? Easy A? Easy I wonder a. if that was similar I to this maybe. Love that movie. Well, the only that, movie. That came out not around the same time, but. We were in college. College, yeah. but I think it's still close enough that it's. I think it was like 2009. Well, that's what I'm trying to say because you had like a six oh, year gap yeah, yeah, for, for your generational yeah. movie. Like mm-hmm. yours. This is yeah. that generation's clueless. But I don't hear about Easy A as much as. Mean Girls You're is definitely everywhere. right. And yeah. that's unfortunate because Easy A is a goddamn I, treasure. It was good. I love Easy A. Like, I remember we saw that in theaters. Yes, and we it was did. really fun. Um, it was one of the first times I ever saw Emma Stone in something yeah. outside of like super bad. That's it was like super bad than that. That's where yeah, that's where I first well, saw her and really liked her. I don't her. know. I mean, that was the same I think the same year as Zombieland. Um, I don't know about Easy A, but I the only reason I said clueless because I knew it was also written and directed by a female, which oh, is why I don't think Easy A was. Which, like, thinking about it, you can almost, like, see it in just, like, yeah. the way, like, the tone that it mm-hmm. takes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really, is, that's mean really all I want to say about it's it. It's just such a good movie. I haven't watched, another movie I haven't watched in years, but, like, I could instantly, instantly go back and be like, oh, yeah, and yeah. quote it and just, and, and, and love it. I remember one, one day I was down at my friend's, um shore house down in new jersey mm-hmm. and we watched dirty dancing all of us and then i was up all night so i was just watching movies on netflix mm-hmm. and i watched legally blonde clueless and mean girls back to back to back and back to back to back good and lineup. i was like this is the greatest night of my yeah, life that's a good lineup <laughs> all right number six 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 so alex oh it's my turn yeah 
number six. Number six. Six, 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 six. We are going to talk about a movie that I had to sneak into. <laughs> awesome. Um, so the movie we're about to talk about is Hot Fuzz. Uh, came out in 2007. For all of you who know, I was 17. I was allowed to see... <laughs> What? Yeah. I was allowed to see rated R yeah, movies. What oh my the god, hell? there was a whole thing with that. That was so dumb. I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18. Okay. So I didn't have a valid form of identification. Oh. But I was going with my brother. So I assumed... Um, my, you're fine. My he... brother's four years older than me. He's my brother. Like, he can take me to the movies. So he bought the tickets. And then when we got to the ticket taker, they asked to see all of our IDs again. And I didn't have an ID. And they were like, well, you can't get in. And my brother was like, I'm his brother. I want to go see the movie. I'm his guardian yep. in this situation. And, and they were like, no. Also, so, he's 17. So, and I, well, I, we also said that, but they were like, no. So, um, we ended up going back and returning, getting a refund on both our tickets. Uh, we were with my friends, Jack and uh, Joe. And they were like, yeah, we'll just let you in at the <laughs> at the exit. And so they went and opened the exit door and we just walked in and <laughs> we went into the theater. So we snuck in to see um, Hot, Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. And it was amazing. I I will never forget um, that, that movie. We've talked about it so many times. Mm-hmm. Infinitely quotable. It's yep. one of those movies that I can always... Like I, one of my favorite lines to say, they don't tell me nothing. <laughs> Bill, you, you got red on you. Bill Bailey just no, that's Shaun of the Dead. I'm Bill Bailey that. just sitting there the entire time. Um, <laughs> that this movie is about Simon Pegg's character, who is like such an amazing uh, police constable that he is being shipped off to middle of nowhere because he's making everyone else look bad. <laughs> So he gets shipped off to um, this little town who that's won uh, Village of the Year for so many years. And it's all about his new life there and how <laughs> things go. It's got a great cast. It's got uh, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, obviously. Yep. Um, it's got, um, I want to call him Frank because that's the name of his character in the movie. But um, Slughorn. Oh, Slughorn. Oh, yes, yes. Um I know who you're talking about. I, I'm usually so much better at this. We've been going for a million years. Um, so. I got it. Uh, I've only Broadbent. seen Hot Fuzz um, once, so I can't. Broadbent. Hunt. Jim Broadbent. Jim. Jim. Yep. Jim Broadbent. Uh, it's got um Rafe Spall. Yeah, it's got Olivia Rafe Spall Coleman and Patty Considine. Considine. Yep. Um, Olivia Coleman. It's got a lot of big names in. British, if you've like, ever seen a BBC show, yeah. you've seen the cast of yeah. this movie. Like they're they're so recognizable. Rory um, it's McCann, got Timothy Dalton. Yep. Um, it's got Rory McCann. Yarp. Yarp. Um, that's probably my most quoted line from this movie. Is just Yarp. It's. I say it, and I. You've seen it. I've well. only seen it once. It's such a good movie, and it's one of those movies. All of Edgar Wright. So Edgar Wright directed it. It was written by Simon Pegg and. Edgar Nick, Wright. Edgar Wright, I, I think. think. I think the two of them wrote it. Um, yep. Um, so just like Shaun of the Dead and At World's End, these movies, all three of them. It's this, part of the Cornetto trilogy. This just happens to be my favorite. Yes, it's part of the Cornetto trilogy. Cornetto. Um, this just happens to be my favorite, but they all are very 
are really, really expertly written mm-hmm. because they foreshadow. Oh, every, yeah. every single movie foreshadows exactly what's going to happen in yeah. such a clever and just amazing way. Like, um, you know, everybody and their mums has a gun around here. And then later you see a guy and his mom with a gun. It's just like. That sort of shit is just so funny. Have you ever jumped through the air while shooting both your guns? Have you ever fired your gun into the air while screaming? screaming, Ah, it's just everything is so meticulously put into the movie because it's going to have a payoff later. Mm -hmm. And it's just so good. I cannot speak highly enough about hot fuzz. This movie, I don't know about the other ones, but it just feels so thick. Yeah. Like you're watching and everything just is so dense and just packed with jokes um visual comedy and like information that you if you pay attention to 100 yep. comes back later yep. it's, it's a fascinating movie it's a master class too yep. in like all sorts of comedy and just like like all the movies in the cornetto trilogy are riffs on a certain genre yep. and this is a riff on the action movie mm-hmm. and it's just as somebody who loves those movies like bad boys 2 and, and point break and die hard like Watching this was so much fun nice. the first time around where I'm just like, this is amazing. Because like I was saying about Cabin in the Woods, these are love letters. These aren't like parodies. These are like They're clearly, yeah. these are clearly written by people that love this genre and want to do something to like pay tribute to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so good. It It's like you have like Tarantino movies, the second time I've referenced him, but that's like, he like rips things off yep. and calls them homages, but these are legitimate homages yep. to these types of genre films. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched this movie, it was with our friend Brian. Nice. Um, we were at Brian's house for a sleepover. It was me. It was, it was my wedding party. Um, the four of us. And was we, I in that? No, you were definitely <laughs> not. You were probably down the street at your house. Um, we were, you might be watching this movie. It was like 1230. Yep. And Brian was like, let's watch a movie. And we were like, uh, okay, sure, <laughs> why not? And so we put on this, and like, it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I just immediately fell asleep. Because yep. <laughs> it was, it's so, <laughs> yeah. it starts off so slow yeah. and like really like, it's it's all comp, it's all dialogue driven at the beginning. And like, it's really setting everything else up. Mm-hmm. And so we just like, I could not have paid attention. But as mm-hmm. soon as the guns came out, yep. the loud noises woke me up and I watched the last like half an hour and yeah. I was like, that was great. What's it about? <laughs> the, the last half an hour is just so excellent. Like from the moment he drives out of town and stops at the gas station yep. to the end is just balls to the walls. Amazing. Yeah. So Tiffany, you've only seen this movie once. I've only seen it once and I don't really, I remember some of it. I don't really. I remember you enjoyed it though. No, right? I liked it, but I've only seen it once, and that was probably a year ago. So I don't. You should really... watch the entire Cornetto trilogy. It. This is the movie that I love. Shaun gets... of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Love Shaun of the Dead. This is a movie, and I'm sure the other. I'm sure World's End is like this too. And I know Shaun of the Dead is where the more you watch it, the mm-hmm. better it yep. gets. Yeah. All yeah. all three of them are just like that. Even I I feel the same way about Baby Driver too. Like Edgar Wright clearly oh, has a style to so making good. movies, and he clearly loves cinema so much yeah. that he makes such a good movie that when you go back and watch it again, you're like, Oh, I'd never even caught that. Like I never, I never noticed that his, even his TV show space is kind of like that. I, the second time I watched it through, I watched it with the trivia track on because I was like, I don't pick up on everything. 
and it's mm-hmm. so cool to watch it and like I think we watched Hot Fuzz after we watched Baby Driver. Yeah. I think that's why it was we probably watched how I got it. you to watch it. It's, well, you don't have to get me to watch. Yeah. I, I I'm always like, who directed that? What's it, the- it's easier if you have like a context yep. where like you loved I like I know you like something so like I it's easy to segue into another movie yep. by that same person. Yeah, you're right because you don't usually give a shit about who directed it or whatnot. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to like get, hook you on that. Yeah, unless you've I, immediately seen something by them. Does that make sense? Usually, but I don't, I still, even though I'm like, eh, I don't really latch on to, to particular creators. Which is fine. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. So, um, speaking of particular creators, that's a terrible segue. Is it? Yeah. Well, I like Jason Siegel. Oh. Uh, so, Jason Siegel There's got to be a better who, segue who, in there. Who directed it? Nick? No. Do you see anybody's dick in Hot Fuzz? No. 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 Oh, Peter Jackson is in Hot Fuzz. He plays the Santa that stabs, stabs him in Simon Pegg through the hand. I remember that. And also Bill Nye and Steve Coogan are in it briefly at the beginning and end. And so, as well as Martin Freeman. And Martin Freeman, right. And um, who plays Filch? Filch is, um, he uh, also Walter played Walter Frey. Frey. Well, I can't uh, think of his I name. I can't remember his name. It's not like Whatever. D, D. Bradley Breaker or something like that. I'm trying to remember the director of um, Get Him to the Greek. and My next one is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> there you go. We um, didn't rehearse any of this. We so. did not. <laughs> We're still in the comedy block. So comedy, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, comedy. I didn't mention comedy block on mine. You both <laughs> mentioned comedy block. I did it because I'm being about it. Well, I think oh. Hot Fuzz is totally, clearly in the comedy block. I forgot block. to mention it. Nick Stoller. Nick Stoller. So... Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is a movie that the first time I saw it, Mm -hmm. Tiffany and I saw this in theaters Mm -hmm. when we were in college, and I thought it was underwhelming. Yep. It didn't. It did not do it for me. I I was it. I I really liked. Were we watching? No, we weren't even watching um, How I Met Your Mother yet. Why did we want to see this? Just because it looked funny. I, I don't think, know. Like I think the trailers looked good, and it was like it was a date night thing that we we went to go do. No, and there. Ha- I think we were no because M- Mila Kunis out- is in it, and that, I, that might have been why. And I'm a big that '70s show fan, and so I know that I wanted to support Mila Kunis's budding um and her butt. Yeah, but her her budding movie career. No, this came out in 2008. Yeah, we were still in school. No, we didn't go to. We weren't in LA until two thousand nine. I realize that, but I'm just saying. We so did, no, I'm just thinking of like, oh, we, we started we, watching How I Met Your mother, mother when we were in LA. So never so. mind. I thought never mind. It's, it's so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it definitely wasn't because of him that we went to go see it. But anyways, we saw yeah. the movie and it was it was relatively underwhelming. And then a couple months later, after it had come out on DVD, we went to a class trip um, to Foxwoods. Like they they. The senior class. Oh my god! I went think... to Boxwoods. We went to do uh, the Price is Right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Right. And oh my god! On the trip there, they showed the movie. They did. Yes. This is the second time we watched the movie. Was was <laughs> I don't remember they this showed at it all. On, on DVD in the bus, and it was hysterical the second time through because I think we knew what was going to be happening and mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. was just I think they also played the unrated version for us at that point. Possibly. It was so much better on on rewatch and i don't know if it was because i knew it was going to happen so i had already connected with the characters and and all this stuff but forgetting sarah marshall is one of my favorite movies it's a movie about 
um, this character called Peter Brenner, who is played by Jason Segel. Brenner, who, not Brenner. 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 Who, his girlfriend, who is played by Kristen Bell, who is a character called Sarah Marshall, who is this very famous actress, breaks up with him. And he goes to Hawaii to try and get over her to just kind of get, get like um, clear his head. Mm-hmm. But to forget she's, her? To forget her. Oh. But she's there with her new boyfriend, Aldous Snow, played by Russell Brand. Yep. Yep. And hilarity ensues. And this is one of those movies. It's actually, I think, similar to Garden State. Um, I was actually going to call it a weird mix of of the the same kind of comedy of like a wet hot American summer where some of it feels absurd and some of it feels like scene to scene, mm-hmm. not in the same way, but in a similar structure, just not as extreme. If the, that makes sense. This is like, like little vignettes almost. It's like almost the start of like mumblecore, where it's like clearly improv improvisational yep, yep. a lot of it. And a lot of the humor doesn't necessarily land. There's a lot of like one liners that kind of mm-hmm. come out of nowhere and it's just, um, it doesn't, it, it's like um, from the modern era of comedy mm-hmm. that's not like overtly funny. Yep. But for some reason, after watching it and then quoting it back and forth to each other, <laughs> Tiffany and I found this movie hysterical and it really connected with us. And we, we, we got the DVD and we watched it so oh much. And then when we went to LA, there's this one random throwaway line where um, Paul, Rudd. Paul Rudd is drinking and he sees uh, Peter and he's and Peter's like, yeah, we we met each other before because Paul Rudd is in. She's like, oh, hi, I'm Kunu. He's like, yeah, I know. We, we met each other earlier today. He's like, oh, you're that guy who works for Kaiser Permanente. And that's not a funny it's joke. It's not a funny it's joke not. at all. It's, it's just one line and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes no sense. Down the street from us that we walked by every day was a Kaiser Permanente when we were in LA. <laughs> and so- Every day we would say to each other, "Oh, you're that guy who works for Kaiser Permanente," <laughs> and, and it, it just, never got old. It, yeah, and this so that's part of the reason why this movie is like one of my favorites because it's so in like I have such a connection with this movie with you, Tiffany, yeah, and like that's yeah. why I, I love this movie so. Is much. Is it because you I broke your heart into a million pieces and now your cock doesn't want to be around me anymore? No, <laughs> but that's a very funny line, and I love it. Like, the one that you hear a lot is the weather outside is weather. Oh, the weather. The weather That's outside a good one. is weather. I it's like I, we've said this a thousand times tonight, but this movie is endlessly quotable endlessly. for me. I, it's sorry, go. No, 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 um I I think this is one of the few movies on the list that we've all watched together. Yeah, we watched <laughs> it together like a couple like a, couple like a month ago. ago. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe a month ago. It's just, it's so good. And the entire time we were watching it, we were all quoting it because, like, we were like, it's, we know just, it and love it's it. just so good. I, I remember seeing it in theaters because I worked at the theater at that time and immediately loving it. I don't, I don't yeah, know how, took, why it took you're us a so while crazy. I don't know why. I, I think know. because we went into it and we were, um, I was still of the mindset that this was going to be like an American pie like or one of those, funny, like, yeah. not, not raunchy, but like. Mm-hmm more visual comedy yep. and this is a lot of dialogue a lot my favorite line in this movie is just when sarah marshall is is the first time she sees him when he's in hawaii and she's coming up to him and he's just like is, did she see me yeah uh is she coming over yeah i wish i wasn't wearing this fucking shirt yep. and that's it. Yep. it but it's so funny but in the like it's not really but it is this other sandal it's like this one but 
but it's opposite. Twin. It's twin. <laughs> it's, it's not an evil version of it. But it's so good. It's so like like mumblecore, improvisational, just like soft. It's a very soft comedy movie. Um, but That's a good at, way to put it. At the yeah. core of it is this relationship between Mila Kunis and Jason Segel's character. And mm-hmm. it's such like a mm-hmm. beautiful thing to watch them like fall in love and, and have like this relationship with yeah. each other. And then it's like tested. And fucking the end sequence is, is a Dracula musical Dracula with puppets. Musical. That's Tiffany's That's favorite line. That's my favorite line. line in that movie. But Not it's, really. But it's I mean. literally like Avenue Q, but Dracula. It's so good. It's... Uh, this movie is is beautiful and weird and fun. You're right, I, though. It, like it really, I feel like for for you and I, like defines like a a moment in our in our lives. Like, yeah, we were watching it like three times a week, or yeah, at least I we was. watched it a bunch, a lot. It was one of those movies. Like, what do you want to do? Well, we'll put on forgetting Sarah Marshall and, and figure something out. I'm still mad about the um when it was coming out on DVD. And there was a commercial for it. And Alex heard the story already. Um, but there was a scene. Sarah Marshall's on a horse. And she's like, I should have wore pants. Because they're talking they about advertising like, the uncut, deleted scenes. undeleted scenes. And we nowhere, nowhere on the DVD, nowhere in the extended version, deleted scenes, anything is that scene. And I'm still looking for it. Yeah, I've never, I haven't seen and it I to quote, this day. And I quote that, and it's not even in the movie. We quote the commercial. It's That's, in the commercial for the DVD of the movie. It's so weird how specific we specifically we remember yeah. that. That's real meta. It's weird. It, that is pretty meta, isn't it? Oh man, Forgetting Star Marshall's great. I it, love that. It is such movie. a good movie. I there is like a group of comedies that came out around that same time that I kind mm-hmm. of associate together and Sarah Marshall is, I think, the best of them. What are the other ones? Definitely. Like, I Love You, Man, which I know you guys didn't love. We didn't love We so need that, to rewatch but it. We've decided. That movie keeps popping up in random things now. Like, we went to a baseball game and it was one of like the clips, yeah. like, on they the They showed screen. it twice, two separate times. I, yeah. I Love You, Man. It, I love I Love You, Man. That is a, oh, another great movie. I yeah. usually. So, the other one is Get Him to the Greek, which is technically. Which it's a sequel to this one. Technically a sequel. Um, it has the same it's character in the same of universe. Same, yeah. It's in the same universe. Uh, not directed by the same guy. Uh, yes, directed it, yeah, by the same guy. Directed and wrote it, I think. But Jason Siegel had nothing to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Uh, like, Get Him to the Greek, I Love You Man, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall are three movies that I could watch back to back and feel like there's some sort of connection. Well, Get Him, uh, I Love You Man has both Jason Siegel and, and Paul, Paul Rudd, Rudd, so it's... Yeah. Fits in there perfectly. Okay, so Tiffany, what is your number six? Number six. So I've given up, I guess, on segues. Um, yeah. So my number six movie is The Sandlot. Speaking of more movies that were, you know, define kind of a, a time um, in in your life. So this movie came out in ninety three. And I don't even remember the first time I saw it, but as as someone who was obviously a girl, but very tomboyish into sports and everything, this was just one of those movies that you just watched. Like, I, I don't know a single person who hasn't seen The Sandlot, right? Like, yeah. it's it's so The Sandlot is, um, and it's interesting too, because as a kid, you're like, oh, this is a baseball movie. But as an adult, when you're really looking at it, this is a coming of age movie. This is a movie about one summer 
it's it's very much if I really take a step back and look at it, it maybe might have been the start of that like love affair for that type of movie because mm-hmm. I love coming of age movies and things like that. So um, the movie's about Smalls. Smalls, but I don't know his first. I can't think of his first name right now. His first name is You're Killing Me. Yeah, You're Killing nice. Me. Nice. Um, so he moves into this neighborhood, um, you know, middle school age, and just trying to figure out who he is and who his group of friends are. And he stumbles mm-hmm. upon this literally Sandlot baseball team um, who don't have enough people to play. So he becomes their ninth man. Nice. And he sucks at baseball. <laughs> so, so there's this whole kind of thing about him learning – how to play and, and contribute to the team, but also um, it's really more about the, the shenanigans that happen. It's really just about these kids growing up in the summer. Like everybody knows the s'mores scene where take the mallow. Yeah, first you take the gram, the gram, then you take the mallow. Like everybody knows that. Like you know, love like or just them yep. talking about um, the beast because the whole thing yeah. is like they're they're in the sandlot and you know, the ball goes over the, over the fence and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go get it. And they're like, no. Nah! And then you find out that there's this giant dog that lives on the other side of the fence. Um, and which the guy so amazingly done. Cause it's like, it's, it's so this great. giant animatronic for the it's majority so of the movie, which is like blowing yeah. these kids imaginations out of proportion. Yeah. And they call him the beast. And the guy who lives in the house is James Earl Jones, which is a whole thing, but it's, they, you know, you oh the beast so it's like all the, all this like folklore and stuff around this neighborhood and and so slowly Smalls becomes part of this group of kids mm-hmm. and he's like oh man oh they lost one of their balls we can't play anymore so he goes his stepdad has this whole collection of baseball stuff and he just grabs that ball that's signed by Babe Ruth Baby Ruth Baby Ruth oh it's signed by some woman Baby Ruth and they <laughs> lose the ball and it goes over the fence Oof. and the beast gets it and it becomes getting getting that ball back but also stuff that happens during the summer it's there's just so many things it's just very slice of lifey you know you have the 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 swimming pool scene with the hot Best lifeguard scene. wendy peppercorn and, and squints yeah moment. trying to make out with the lifeguard and um my favorite my favorite favorite scene is when they're on that ride and they're it's all like they all, the world but it's not mm-hmm. they all had ate like chewing tobacco or something <laughs> before and they get on it and they're playing uh tequila is the song yep. which makes me think of ninja turtles but same just, yeah um ninjutsu so it's also in a uh, baby driver love it but like that and then they all get up and throw up like yep. it's just there's like the rival team with the oh who's that guy who plays camp, camp tiger claw no, it's a wet hot American summer. I know, but the guy who plays, he was in like all those sports movies, the redhead kid. Oh yeah, he was, he in, was also like in, in Little Giants. He was like in everything. He was the goalie in the soccer movie. But he plays the catcher, and he's just harassing all the other players. One like, who says you're killing me, small. Cause, yeah, because uh, like I'd recognize him, but I wouldn't yeah. know the name. But like he's up there harassing it, like, oh, is that your sister? Oh, she's hot. Like, you know, <laughs> just just all the things like, oh, you play ball like a girl, and like it's just. Yeah, well, you play ball like a girl. It's wow. just, there's just something about it that's, I, I keep saying this, but there's just something about it that's just so nostalgic. And yeah. so, again, I loved baseball growing up. I loved sports. And and this was just like a movie that was made for me. And I'm not a boy. I'm like, I don't relate to it. But it's just, it's great. And then the end, in the end of the movie, like they're all, 
you know, they do like that, like how, where they all ended up and stuff. And, and the last scene is, is Small's character who you find out is, has become a baseball announcer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, Benny the Jet Benny Rodriguez the Jet. is is yep. is playing for the Dodgers and he steals home. It's just like it's just yeah, it like when you take a step back it's really about nothing other than that one summer. Yeah, it really is. To me it was always a movie about friendship, mm -hmm. which is yep. kind of yep. also <laughs> weird movie to connect it to. It's also how I think of it <laughs> no, as a movie sense. about friendship and yeah. about one summer. Yeah. Though one of them's a horror movie and one of them's a <laughs> A coming of age movie, yeah, one with 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 children being brutally murdered. Right. But like, they're movies at their core that are about a group of friends coming closer yeah. together yeah. because of one summer because incident of one summer thing. incident. Mm -hmm. One yep. just happens to be like a lighthearted comedy coming of age, and mm -hmm. one of them happens to be a horror like terrifying movie. Yeah. To me, I connect them in my head because I'm a fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I've always loved The Sandlot. Yeah. It's it's a movie that I have an infinite amount of nostalgia for. Yeah, I will like, never not watch it. I Like I told you guys, I went to baseball camp mm -hmm. every summer. Mm -hmm. And whenever we didn't have anything to do, they put us in a room and had us watch The Sandlot. Because you're at baseball camp. You want to watch a movie about baseball. <laughs> Clearly. But it was every year. Why can't you change the movie? So I've seen it. So many times. Angels in the Outfield. There's other baseball movies, man. Yeah, but nothing's as good nothing's as The Sandlot. As, true. Nothing's 100% as good true. As, as The Sandlot. This movie was, I swear to God, it was on TV every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's oh, how yeah. I saw this movie. It was so like on TBS all yeah, the time. Constantly. This, this movie is fantastic. It's so innocent, but... Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's like a slice of life, and like it, yeah. even even though it's it's period piece because it takes place in like the sixties. Six, I think it's the sixties. I, I want to say it's the sixties, but like it just feels like it could be everybody's childhood. Yep. Like yep. I, I yep. watch this movie and I can feel the heat of the summer while they're mm -hmm. sitting in that dust or standing in that dusty field. I can smell the gravel and dirt beneath them. Like this movie, yeah. it like and even it, for you, someone who didn't play sports, I hate sports. as a kid, yeah, I hate you them. still. You still connect with it in a different way. It's instantly iconic. You mm -hmm. can instantly relate to all the characters. And I relate to Smalls. I mean, I don't want to be out there playing ball. Well, he wanted to. He just was, was really bad, bad at, at it. it. And he wanted, I was bad at it and didn't want to. He used it as a way to, to connect. And... Fine. I, I related to Skips. Which one's the one that wanted a Mac on the, the cheerleader? Squints. Uh, squints. 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 Yes. The one with the glasses. Yeah. Yep. Because I have glasses and, and he smooched the, the, the lifeguard. The and then they got married and had nine kids. Which means they boned a lot. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> How segue that? Uh, that segues into our intermission. Okay. Right? Yeah. Are we going to go bone? What's How are we segueing <laughs> into the intermission? Oh, segue. You, Explain this one to me, um, Alex. Explain you, this one to me. You guys are going to go bone. And I'm going to hang out here. I thought we were going to go bone. No, no. We're getting punchy. <laughs> Two hours, 23 minutes in. Oh. And we're halfway done. <laughs> well, we still have honorable mentions, so. Spoiler alert. I think we talked about it at the top of this. This is going to be a two-parter. <laughs> this is the end of part one. Um, thank you very much for sticking with us through this uh ordeal of an episode um I, i'm having a great time i hope this is helping you all get to know us a little bit better this is a lot of fun this is a lot this is of, i'm loving it um so let me just do some quick wrap up yep. stuff so we can segue into the next one um once again we are no refunds thank you so much for listening 
Um, we have a website, norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Check it out. That's where we have all of our um, episodes. We're also on iTunes, um, Google Play. Uh, check us out there. Our music is done by um, time. Is called Time Trials. It's done by the Hyper Potions. Um, I already did. I already say our email. Yep. Our email. Yeah, oh no, you didn't say the email. I yeah, haven't I, been in listening. My, in my mind, yeah. I was gonna say the, email. The email us. is uh, email us at no refunds. No refunds at gmail. No, no refunds, refunds podcast, podcast at gmail I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> no ref- we've been doing this for like two and a half. I was hours. gonna say, make sure you send us your favorite movies. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Send to hear us about your favorite favorites. movies, and if any of them coincide with, or tell our us why we're movies. all wrong. That's yeah, possible. yeah. Too. Yell at us. I don't care. I think that's, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, Judd, yell at us. <laughs> uh, if you go to the website, you'll find a link to our Discord. Join our Discord server. There's lots of conversation going on there. I've been yelling at Judd about why he's wrong about certain movies lately. I almost joined it today. You should. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It, it, it is. Did. It's just don't, fun. Don't you roll your eyes at us. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Okay. So thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next week with the top five, uh, our top five favorite movies. <laughs> for you, Which, it'll be a week. Which, for yeah. us, it's going to be cool. another two and a half hours. <laughs> Which will feel like seven years. Yeah. Bye. 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 I'm gonna make no. I'm gonna make noises into the microphone now, and so when he edits, he has to listen to them. I do not condone what is happening right now. I just want to make it clear that I am not backing this or or in any way supporting this decision. Um. Yeah.